All right. We good? We good. Clap sync. Three, two, one. Fuck, I smashed my microphone. I'll figure it out. We're fine. <laughs> God damn it. I heard you smash the mic over there. Yeah, I smashed the fucking windscreen in front of it like just the worst possible mic form ever. And welcome, everyone, to our podcast, where shit is really high quality here. Um, mm-hmm. We have spent a long time and a lot of effort getting microphones that will hopefully protect us from what is essentially my terrible microphone form. <laughs> and and we'll see. Uh, it's because you like to maintain eye contact while you talk, so you do a lot of awful. looking at me, but talking not into your microphone. Yeah. Actually, how crazy mm. would it be if we could see even just one single listener's face while we talk? That would be so uncomfortable. Like, they're just sitting there like, yeah, uh-huh. And then they pause. Like, yo, uh, hold on. I'm doing the dishes. Like, I got to, like. But also secretly, like, McCoy would hold <laughs> the most intense eye contact with you the entire time. I would do eyebrows probably, like, sup. But not, like, sup, like, in, like, a yo. What? It's just, like, just, like, a hey. Acknowledged. You know what I mean? <laughs> Respect. You know when we when we start a Patreon page, you know when we start, you know, gaining traction, we have enough uh, listeners for a Patreon page. Like mm-hmm. we should do a one hundred dollar tier of like video call into one of our live recordings. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I thought you were gonna go differently. Intense I thought you were gonna contact. say you could have McCoy's eyebrows. Like <laughs> just like what the <laughs> Wait, fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> you what? thought that was gonna be a good option, dude? I think with this modern Zoom like economy and business, I think like I. Could could get away with drawn on eyebrows for a little if i just got a little further away from my laptop context to all the listeners who don't know mccoy mccoy has incredibly light colored eyebrows which means that once you Mm -hmm. notice that they're incredibly light colored you can't unsee that Mm -hmm. like you you just they're actually quantum like if you look away they go away Trust me, trust me. This is you know, true. it's funny because like for a time, there was a time where I was playing with the podcast logo, and for a while I was gonna do silhouettes of people's faces. And so we had like James with his eyebrows, me with my eyebrows. And when I came to McCoy, I was <laughs> struggling, and I realized it's probably because I just cannot see him with eyebrows. Mm-hmm. It's really <laughs> it's yeah, he essentially doesn't have eyebrows. Yeah, and yet I have a very expressive face. It's very much nonsense. I keep offering to dye them, but he won't let me. I died of one times in high school. I think that that's important <laughs> to do at some point yeah. <laughs> wait wait like that, maybe blue that could be a patreon tier oh 200 yeah. you get to choose join the, the color of mccoy's co- oh, choose the color oh my god why choose the color <laughs> or oh just, no like, join the zoom call where we do it and where we unveil his new eyebrows guys why can't we do it like all of our other content where it's like and you get to choose the color yeah like very intentionally pre-recorded. no we should charge more to choose the color it should be like a thousand a thousand to choose the color mm-hmm. of I my mean. eyebrows. Yeah. How long do I have to keep them? Month? Is that really worth a thousand bucks? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't tell people what's. So like, I no, think we should do ten. But yes. Mm-hmm. Wait, ten dollars or ten? No, he means ten thousand dollars. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think no, no. like ten, ten dollars. A thousand dollars is an amount large enough that you look at the person who gave it to you, and even though you yourself have a thousand dollars, you sit there and are like, I will do anything. That is ridiculous. That is such a large <laughs> amount for you to give me. Like, right? You just feel like, okay, uh, sure, we'll play the game you want to play. Like, sh- sure, we'll change our format. Like, fuck it. Yes, if you wanted to, for any reason, give us $1,000, you can write no, in at tyrannyofthumbs no, at gmail.com. And McCoy has <laughs> yeah. just said, they will do anything that you request. Yeah, and if you're from the IRS, we're told Including to Including dye McCoy's eyebrows blue. I think you'd look nice <laughs> with blue. 
blue or is green. it a blue that matches my eyes if so now that seems no. really hard to pull off because they'll look at the container and they're like this is what they're supposed to look like and then they come out totally different do you know what i'm saying i, mean, I don't think i right. have the skill to accurately dye your eyebrows to match your eyes so here's a fun Just fact. full disclosure i've only ever dyed my own hair with kool-aid and it didn't go well with kool-aid yeah it was a thing dude i dyed my hair with kool-aid did once, you? and it also didn't go well did it work for you at all mine was just really sticky no yeah, I mean, it was like we we tried to do red, which was a huge mistake. Also but also, it was the red. only color of Kool Aid that was available, mm -hmm. and so my hair was pink for about a day and a half. I'm surprised um, it lasted that long. Yeah, that's better results before than I you got. took a shot. It lasted. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> <clears throat> well, no, I mean, pretty close. Um, it actually dyes your hair pretty successfully if you do it right. My brother's hair was pink for like two weeks. It's pretty impressive for Kool-Aid. Respect. Yeah. It is, I guess, we a are cheap blonde. way of dyeing your hair, right? Mm -hmm. We are blonde, yeah, so I that helps. dark brown hair, and I don't know why I thought it would work. I was like, this is going to be great. Mm, that would not work, yeah. Mm -hmm. You could have bleached your hair first. Yeah, I was not but that's, to do that. If you're going to bleach your hair... Don't use Kool-Aid. Is this like some underground shit? Like you're doing this in the school bathroom or some shit? You're like, yo. Pretty let's much, do, yeah. Let's get, bring some fucking Kool-Aid. I mean, Wink. I did it at home. But yeah, like I like went to the corner store, bought a bunch of fucking Kool-Aid, went into the bathroom for a did very long time, and came out with sticky tell hair. Tell your parents. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. God, no. No, 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 no. Dude, there yeah, was a yeah, pair yeah. of girls okay, that yeah. went to the... It was in high school. No, was it middle school? They pierced their ears in the fucking bathroom Jesus. like lunatics. Ooh. I don't know. It was crazy. I mean, and then crazy. they got infections. Yeah. So so then they went. <laughs> I don't know. Then they just sort of like walked around like badasses. But I was sitting there like, just, like blood I don't even dripping out of their ears. I I think they went home. But like, <laughs> <laughs> all I know is like they were the type of badass that was very confusing to me because they were like, Yo, McCoy, sup? For some reason, they always took a liking to me because I think it's because like I just. I don't no know. Eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they liked your look. That's that's what it is. Yeah, and it was just like they would they would sit there and they'd be like, "Hey, McCoy, I want to show you something," and they would like, like dump their purse like on the desk and like try to show me shit they'd stole. But it was like the weirdest shit to steal. Like like the the first thing, and I'll remember this forever. It was like, "Yo, was that a library book? Like, did you check that out? Like, no, I stole it. I'm like, bitch, that's free. What are you doing?" <laughs> You can get that shit for free. All you gotta do is talk to a librarian. They're so nice. What are you doing? Like, that's what I mean. It's not a badass type mm -hmm. of badass, you know? It was just rebel definitely it was without the a cause. Of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And so now, as the tone and the energy slows down, we ponder the creative decision of cutting all this so that this episode could be better. But I think we'll leave it at we'll see. You'll find out. But let's get to what we came here to talk about. All right, which is not eyebrows. Um, little did you know we're not a podcast about eyebrows and hair color and dying. Um, although we could be, perhaps and dying. This game's about dying. <laughs> did the Parthians have eyebrows? I don't know. I don't I, know. Either. I don't think I paid attention. Oh no! And this is a game about attention to detail. So here's what we're gonna attempt to do at the beginning of this game. If you've clicked on this, we want to understand. You want to understand the level of spoilers, right? Because this is a, a game that clearly has spoilers and clearly has all sorts of things. So we're we're gonna try to do in this first section is we're going to try to actually talk about this game and some of the 
value that it might have to people that haven't played it yet without spoilers. So obviously if you're ultra, ultra sensitive and you think that anything we can say about this game is a spoiler, well then, why did you click on this episode? But also feel free to leave. Um, but there is like, we are, I think the reason why we were doing this is because when I was hearing about this game from all of the different podcasts and whatever the fuck else that I listened to, it felt like everyone who played this game universally said this is one of the most amazing games they'd played in a long time. But then they kind of refused to say anything else about the game because they felt like it was spoilers. And that's really nice of them. And now that I played the game, I understand what they were talking about. However, I was always left with like, well, but but why should I play this game? You've told me nothing. You just said it was good, bro. And so I think what we're going to try to do, mm -hmm. or at least maybe a little bit, is talk a little bit more than just, yo, you should play it. And then shh. As, as right. an opener. Mm-hmm. And we'll make it very clear when we slide into spoiler territory. Um, we'll probably have us. McCoy will bring in a recording of himself being like, hey, guys, editing McCoy here. Just want to let you know the next section is full of spoilers or yeah. something like that. It'll be like this. And be like, yeah, exactly. Hey, editing McCoy here. So, so it wasn't I think a really actually, obvious transition. Can you, take that, can you take that clip of Zoe no. saying, hey, guys, it's McCoy? <laughs> And just then just put it in. God, man. <laughs> On a technical level. All right, Elena, lay yes, it down on you your could... phone. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to timestamp Elena's it. the note taker. I'm the timestamper. Which is how we played this game. I would say whether or not it's Elena, you might value from a note taker in this game. Um, this is definitely a game that has a lot of really interesting things to go after and find. And some of them might you might see or notice for the first time while you're already trying to find something else. And so it's very easy to be like, oh, fuck, do I chase this new shit or do I go for this old shit that I was already doing? And so taking notes is fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> Indeed. Mm -hmm. So wait. So, yeah, we are joined today by uh, guest Raphael. He's here. That's right. Hello as there. well as uh, Elena is also here uh, as well. And Also, yeah. I'm James. Yeah, but we, and then we're also joined by our core three of James, McCoy, and myself, Zoe. Um, and yeah, so obviously, because you clicked on a title, that this game that we are feeling so sensitive about spoiling for you is Outer Wilds, mm. which is a game that Raphael's been trying to get us to play now for like a while, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. It was on the docket for us to play since last November. Um, and so we kept on being like, yes, we do want to play it. However, how do we formulate a podcast around this game? Because originally our our plan was to play this game over the course of two weeks and have a podcast episode during what we thought would be a halfway point where we could talk about the game and Raphael is just like no <laughs> it'll be impossible to do like a midway podcast about how we're liking the game so far just because there are all sorts of ways we can spoil it for one another mm. um so what we did you know, last week we just had our What Have You Been Playing episode because we were in the middle of trying to just crank in the hours to get Outer Wilds, you know, played and completed uh, and enjoyed. So that is why this this whole episode is going to be a complete encapsulation of what Outer Wilds is all about. And uh, yeah, I think I want to just kind of pass it off to Raphael for a bit all right. in that because Raphael, Raph, you really like you really want us to play this game. Like, did this game hold a special place in your heart? Like, I'm not asking to go into a review section just yeah, yet, yeah. but like, 
what were your intentions with, you know, really wanting us to play this game? Yeah, what the fuck, bro? Why? <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> absolutely, this game has a special place in my heart. Um, I mean, if you haven't heard me on the podcast before, uh, I'm really into space, and this game <laughs> involves space, and it involves it in a really, like, a lot of really cool ways, and I just, like, love basically everything about it. Um, so... I mean, I guess to do the the non-spoiler explanation of what the game is like, it's kind of about exploring this like really cool world with a lot of different places and things to see and find and piecing together a story that's already sort of embedded in the world. So it's not it's not a story-driven game in the sense that like you're hearing a bunch of dialogue from characters and then there's a betrayal and that like it's not like that. It's more like their story is sort of scattered across this world and you're trying to find the clues and piece it together after the fact and figure out what were they doing and why were they doing it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because in this particular case, when you say world, you're talking about like the, you know, the, the world of the whole, you know, I, I so that not, okay, this is so stupid. Yes. I'm, I'm now trying to say universe, which then is <laughs> interesting and extra complication on top of, but yeah, in other words. Yeah. So there are, there are multiple worlds, I guess. Um, it's just funny because I know exactly what you mean, but solar system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have a solar system that you're exploring. The narrative the universe. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like, the reason I feel like why people don't want to spoil anything about this game is because it is all about the mystery. It is all about just discovering mm. everything. And, dude, the second you will launch this thing, it is all about the mystery. Right? Like, yeah. just... And I, yeah. I think a lot of the, like, highs of the game are when you manage to connect two clues together and be like, oh, that's what that means. Like, now I can do this. Um, and, like, once that's been spoiled there's no going back like those clues are connected yeah. you already know the thing you can't recover that moment of discovery right. it harkens back to like if i were to find some games to compare it to narrative wise like what come calls to me are games like uh like tacoma or gone home where it's like you are placed in the world at seemingly like the end of the narrative somewhat. Um, and you kind of have to piece together, yeah, like what has transpired in these places prior to you arriving to them. Um, and that's kind of that air of mystery that I connect with um, in these games. Now, obviously, Outer Wilds takes that concept of, you know, piecing together a, a narrative already, you know, already completed or already uh I don't know, transpired and, uh, you know, it turns it turn it's on its head because it's got so many other game mechanics into it um, that I think kind of spoil if we go too far into it. Sure. Um, sure. But, but that is kind of, I guess, the core premise of that mystery is that, yeah, you just, you, you're trying to figure out what happened here. Yeah. You come across mm -hmm. some site and you're like, what the hell happened here? <laughs> Yeah, or I would say writing. one thing I'm, I'm a little um, a game that I think is very similar to this game in a lot of ways is actually the return of the Oberdin. 
Yeah. In terms of kind of the the draw of the game is the discovery, the learning about the story in this very non-linear way. Um <clears throat> and kind of intuition based progression um and i mean there's a lot of things that are different about these games obviously but um that was a big connection that i had in my head it's funny you say that james not only do i agree with that in many aspects but i did have multiple situations in this game where i solved say a puzzle or had an understanding and I wanted an Oberdin style noise. Yeah, no bam. lie. <laughs> I was I was uh also very much missing that like dump dump or whatever. Da, da, dum. Da. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, that's what it I is. I think yeah, yeah. that so when I was I actually so I wasn't gonna play this game because mm-hmm. I don't know, I heard space game and then I in my mind it was like Space simulator, like I don't know what I thought this was, but it was not what we played. Um, I kind of think that this game is almost like if East Shade and Oberdin like had a love child, and it mm. happened in space. It's, <laughs> it's like very chill. It's very like chill, beautiful, like pure exploration where you can just kind of like wander through and do whatever you want, like East Shade is. But then it has kind of similar putting the pieces together mechanics um, and like that same drive. And I, I, I really like that that Oprah Din did. So I feel like it's sort of those two together. But I think one thing I was thinking about too, is that people describe Outer Wilds as a puzzle game, which I agree that it is puzzle esque, but I think it's important to note that like, it's not a puzzle game. I think in the strictest sense of the word or in like the most typical way, like at no point in this game, are you going to be sitting around and you're gonna be like, okay, got gloves and like i've got a toilet like what do i do with them (laughs) um it's not so much that sorry throwback to the cat lady but it's it's not that type of puzzly progression it's more sort of like finding like coming to understand things um, about how the world works and what's going on more like oprah din and less like oh if i put if i pull this lever this thing will happen i i don't know there's they they strike me as being very different types of puzzle games yeah. Um, it's it's interesting like it almost feel I felt often during this game that it was trying to distill the joy of science where it's like you're just like because like at some point you're like I have no idea what happens if I do this but I'd like to understand its properties so let's do it mm-hmm. I'm gonna stand here for an hour <laughs> you know and it's just like I don't know what's gonna happen but here's some theories let's test mm-hmm. them so it's a lot of hypothesis testing um, but I found what can be really insane about hypothesis testing is you could just, I mean, you can go to insanity, right? You can just try everything and go insane. But I find that I found in this game, a lot of the times it was directing like a lot or enough that it really was doing a fantastic job of distilling that scientific discovery. And science is definitely a huge component of, of space and story and sci-fi and all that stuff. So I just thought like that, that's sort of the puzzle approach they wanted is that hypothesis testing. Um, I, I would also argue that like the the science and the physics of the game are like an integral part of the story and how the mechanics work. So it's like actually the puzzle solving is very like intertwined with the 
the scientific understanding of the world, actually. Yes. And so, mm. okay, pause. Why are we having this section? Let me speak for everyone exclusively without covering for them. Okay, okay I'll speak for myself. Fine. I think the value of this section is because this game is fucking rad and you should play it. That's what the fuck we're trying to do here. We're trying to get you to play it. And why am yeah. I yelling, sorry, at you? Sorry, hey, Depression. listener that I locked eyes with earlier. Um, why am I yelling at you? The reason is because, like, it, I think it was hard for me to get me to play this game mm -hmm. for months. It's hard for us to get the podcast to play this game for months, right? Like, and there's a reason for that. And it's because there are so many things about this game that could put you off in your mind before you've played it. But dude, once you play it, fuck all that. At least for me, it just washes to the side and you just get to enjoy how lovely it is. So, because for instance, the game I was going to bring up uh, as a comparison point is Myst. And I don't like Myst style games, mm -hmm. but it does have a lot of attention to detail and it has a lot of like writing down strange symbols maybe or trying to figure out an equation, not a, not a mathematical equation, but just essentially, what the fuck do I do? What is this? How do these things interact? And I don't really like those types of games. Um, but this one hits different, yo. Built different, as they say. Um, and I do think yeah. there is maybe a, a little caveat to that. Um, I do think it might be important to also state how each of us played this game in the sure. sense that, because um, I feel like this game, it, we're going to probably butt heads on some bits because I do think this, because we actually made the comparison to Obra Dinn, I think this game can be in, can be received in different ways based on how you play it. Um, I myself, I played it alone. Um, and McCoy, you and Elena played it together mm -hmm. so you could uh, co-op somewhat of the game. Mm -hmm. Um James, you, I did you kind of do so somewhat like I know Raph was kind of watching you play for a bit. What was your style like? So I started the game by myself, um, and um, <clears throat> then ended up uh, finishing it uh, with Raphael watching and hanging out and. Um, reminding me when I forgot about things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so I so, so I say that. Oh, and then also, I guess Wrath. I, I don't want to forget you because you are the tell-all for Outer Wilds. When you first played this game, how how did you first play it? Uh, so yeah, I I played it solo. Um, and I mean, I think how I play most games, I just sort of like played it more or less nonstop until I had to sleep or go to work or something uh, and then picked it back up again. And I think I played through it in, I don't know, a weekend and a couple of days maybe. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. also on top of that, so that's definitely true, the difference in how you play these games, but also in terms of the hmm, cadence, I know for us, we did somewhere between an hour and two hours typically. Uh maybe every night, skipping some nights, something like that. So it was a very, like, play until you've discovered some things, figured some things out, answered some questions, there's some more mystery, all right, next. Um, and I think that was one of the... And it, this game spoke very clearly to me to do that, at least for the way that I would enjoy it. And 
that's hard to fit into a podcast schedule too. So for that, we have this added element of the podcast schedule, right? That's just a natural thing that we have and we fought. It fights against many games. I think it fought against this one maybe a lot. Although, Mm -hmm. because, you know, yeah, if it's like three years after you publish this, it doesn't matter to you. But if you're a regular listener, this podcast is late too because we had to push it back a little bit because there was more adventure for us to find. Um, But like, but okay, you know, you do mm-hmm. what you have to do. And so I think it's also totally reasonable to binge the shit out of this like Raphael did mm-hmm. or alternatively uh, play a little bit for a while before it really... You follow your bliss with this game. Yeah, maybe with all games, bro. But I do think that Zoe brings up a really good point. And actually, I was remembering Zoe because <clears throat> we had the same conversation about Oprah Dan during yep. Game of the Year, which yep. because we played um, long ago... McCoy, Gabe, and I played Oberdin together while I think, James, maybe you played it on your own and Zoe maybe played it on your own. Yep, that's what but I we had very different yep. experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that this game, I think Zoe, you're right to point out, like this game I think is very similar in terms of like playing this as a pair or as a group so you have more than one person to kind of hold everything in your mind and make connections yep. was a really excellent experience. And I think... Um, is I don't know I don't want to speak for those of you who played by yourself but I feel like it's probably not the same not the same makes sense yeah I mean yeah. I think I got stuck a few times playing by myself and just from the brief period I watched uh, McCoy and Elena playing it seemed like if I had been playing co-op those points where I got stuck would probably be like points where whoever I was playing with would be like oh wait you didn't think about that and that is how you're supposed to do it yeah like it totally makes sense to one person but like one person playing it it's very easy to just like miss one piece of information yeah one of the get stuck. biggest things that Raphael told us before we played the game was that he played the game solo but he did not play it entirely unassisted he did get yeah. stuck at one point i'm sure you could have figured it out if you wanted to but it felt natural and right to follow your bliss in that moment and i just want to remind people that they can also do that shit too if it's being frustrating yeah, I think right. I used well, two hints, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were very much both of in both cases. It was like I had already like seen the information; I just hadn't made the connection. Sure. Mm. Right. Yeah, and so, I just say that because I think at at as I look back on this game, um, and we'll probably talk more in depth on it in the spoiler filled section. But as I look back on this game, I wish I had played this game differently. Yep. Um, because to me, I I think there were I a lot of times I butt heads with this game, and it, I think it was because I was playing solo, and because I you know I would have much rather appreciated having somebody there to either bounce ideas off of, or somebody to get to get curious with me, mm-hmm. um, and I do think there is some v- value to that in this game for sure, like. You know, I would have 100% played this game with Brandon watching. Unfortunately, Brandon was out of town these past two weeks in the two weeks we played the game. So, you know, I'm literally by myself uh, in my office playing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I reminisced on this game to him because I'm just like, oh, that would have been just so cool if we could have figured that, this game out together. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I uh, you know I I will admit when I played this game, I did you know kind of the raft style where one, two or three of parts in the game I looked up a walkthrough because I you know I just knew 
that my enjoyment of the game was waning <laughs> and I needed to get past this hurdle <laughs> to, uh, you know, to find some enjoyment again. And yeah, I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as long as you're just able to, I guess, look at that in retrospect and, you know, just fully admit that. <clears throat> yeah, follow your um, bliss, right? I mean, for real, bro. Like, I am the motherfucking most purist dude out there when it comes to games and i will just hate on the way that people play them differently but then like secretly bro if you're enjoying it thumbs up <laughs> you know what i mean like like the fact that you're unless you're using the halberd yeah well they're not enjoying that <laughs> that's a cheap pro that's some hot that's some empty I think calories that in your soul you're secretly not enjoying that well what you're not going to enjoy is when the game slaps you down because you have no skills and you have no foundation <laughs> not important moving on but all right um that's a Dark Souls um, continuous commentary that McCoy makes. Just for <laughs> those that didn't get what I was talking about. You need to use a weapon that has a myriad bro, of... Bro, let it go. Why? That's not what we're here for today. <laughs> um, before we go to the spoiler section, I wanted to make sure that James had a chance to talk about his experience. Yeah, so... Um... I actually started playing the game back in November when we first slated it into the schedule, and then we kind of lost track of it because of Cyberpunk. Um, but I was really enjoying the game, but finding it really difficult to play for long periods of time. Um, I would go out explore, learn some things, and then, I don't know. It, it, <clears throat> and I would play for about 45 minutes. Sorry, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Um, mm -hmm. And then I tough. would just kind of be done. Um, just a little bit overwhelmed and a little bit like there there are certain natural conclusions to a play session and when i found those i would kind of take them mm -hmm. <laughs> um and um the the stuff that i found on a given world wasn't necessarily hooking me and getting me like addicted to going back um to learn more um and so it was just really difficult for me to 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 play the game in the time that we needed and so when i started playing with rafael um just having somebody else there to chat with um kind of let that side of my brain <clears throat> focus on partly hanging out and then the part of my brain that was playing the game and thinking about stuff um, could just do that and it was much easier for me to play for longer periods of time and I think that part of that is because um, of ADHD um, I think that this game is uh, very difficult to 
to get through with my particular um, form of ADHD. It's not like they have different names, but it kind of, uh, everybody who has it is a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I think that's something to be aware of, uh, which is that um, this kind of open-ended exploration type of game can be very difficult to to get sucked into. I think you also um, mentioned that like a lot of the information in the game being delivered through text with noise around it mm-hmm. made it much more difficult to focus on to focus. getting the information yeah. out of that. Absolutely. All of the text is um and kind of the stuff that you have to read <clears throat> very uh like like with a lot of focus in order to figure out what's going on is all in the lower third of the screen and the upper two thirds is like really cool visuals and like glittery mm-hmm. things. And <laughs> so <laughs> as I was reading, my eyes would be constantly bouncing back up to the really cool visuals and glittery things. Um, and so it was just really difficult for me to to kind of wrap my brain around those the text mm-hmm. um, and and focus and be like, all right, how does this connect in? What is this telling me? Um, because I would I would think that for a second and then I'd be like, ooh, glittery stuff. Ooh, look at the sun. It's really pretty. It is. So I'm just um, gonna signal. Right now, I'm not going to end this conversation because I actually think this is an interesting one and we can segue it. But yo, spoilers, motherfuckers, we coming. It's happening. I know it's happening. I think, I think it's we're time ready for the spoilers. Because yeah. what's another reason why you might not have the highest level of reading comprehension for this glit? You know, this text on the bottom of the screen and shit's glittering all over the place. The other is that there's a motherfucking timer, and and that yep. is the same shit that was happening to me when I was fucking in third grade. And I was trying to read shit on in like the minutes fucking ticking down. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I was sitting there like, dude, fuck. <laughs> I had I had PTSD over like all of these standardized testing that I did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, timed essays yeah. and timed readings sure. in, you know, middle school and high school. I I had flashbacks to those as I was playing this game. Yeah. And, um, and especially once you figure out about that 20 minute timer. Exactly. And like, yeah. yes, does the game pause when you're reading? Yes. But does your mind recover from the stress of knowing that the universe is about to spoiler mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> in that exact moment or next moments? No, it doesn't really. I don't think. Yeah. There were definitely a couple of times I mean, it didn't happen for us every time we were out and about, but definitely there were a few times where it was just like full panic as mm-hmm. the music starts to play. You're like, no, no. And mm-hmm. you're like trying to get through everything and trying to read everything and make sure you understand it. Um, I don't want to come out here again. It was so hard to get here. It was here. so hard to get here. <laughs> but I, I do. Right. There is a nice part where they do, if, as long as you click through the text and you like open it, it does enter in the important details into your ship's log. Mm-hmm. Um, which I found really helpful. I do think that ship's log is a little, you know, it's text heavy. 
It, um, it also does pause for the text, mm -hmm. although it does it in a little bit of a finicky way where if you're like continuing to move the mouse, then it will not pause for the movements, but yeah. pause when you stop moving. Also, I believe it doesn't pause as soon as the supernova music starts playing. Ah, uh, maybe. Um, because mm. I seem to recall Which, by the there way, was is super one beautiful. Oh, it's so it's good. It's so oh, I mean, it sad. it is beautiful, and... but Jesus Christ, just like panic scrolling, just being like, yeah. I'm trying to read, I'm trying to read, I'm trying to read. And you hear like the music, and of course, you know, James, I can totally relate because you know my own ADD is acting up. Where I'm like, oh, the music's so beautiful. No, 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 focus, focus, focus. <laughs> what is the text telling me? What is the mm -hmm. text telling me? Oh, but the music is really nice. No, 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 no. just read, just read, just read. It is <laughs> honestly so got to be. <laughs> Like, if you think about all the imagery in our culture about, like, what it would be like if the universe was ending, and if you think about what people were thinking about in fucking Florida or some shit when they accidentally sent them texts on all their fucking phones that was like, nukes are launched, bro. Hawaii. Whoops. Oh, yeah, Hawaii. Um, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, like, so if you think about these instances, oh, it's always God. like motherfuckers just set the shit down that they've been doing because it doesn't fucking matter anymore, and they just enjoy right and i definitely have had some deaths in this game um before elena explicitly said quit the game before we die because that shit's too sad bro um but like it's like it's so counter to like hard reading the text you know what i mean like it is so different because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like otherwise you want to just soak it in you literally want the fucking waves just to just come you know and you just accept your your fate as it is but instead you're panic reading which is hilarious um, yeah, so I, I thought that was really interesting watching you guys, that that's how it affected you. Because for me, it was sort of like I I, I just appreciated the, the wistfulness of the music, and I would always look up and watch the sun as it had exploded, and it was sort of no. like a comforting return, I guess. You found that comforting? Mm -hmm. Well, I found that so I mean, it, sad. Because, I mean, it's sort of like I, I know that I have the safety net, yeah, yeah, I I, I right. agree with that, but for me, like the music is very kind of like melancholic and like sort of like nostalgic and sad. It was beautiful. I really liked it. Yeah. And then the whole thing too, you just you're just watching it happen and it's really beautiful. And it I don't know, it just hit every time and I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. it's just because you're you're just watching the world get destroyed over and over and over again. And I was like, mm -hmm. McCoy, we gotta quit before this this shit happens because I can't sit like we're not gonna make it through the night mm -hmm. if we have to do this every time. Um, yeah, so can we talk that. a little bit about like the actual structure of the game? Yeah, sure. Where oh, we um, <clears throat> you you wake up um, on a on a planet called Timber Hearth, and um, I mean, so at the very beginning, it's like your first day as an astronaut in this society that reveres astronauts um and kind of it's like it's like a coming of age going out into space and um and you learn how to fly your spaceship and whatever and then you take off and go and explore the uh the solar system that's your first day and then the sun explodes <laughs> Yeah, so you're basically you're like, on a 22-minute time yep. loop. Yep. Or if you're so, McCoy. 
you die before you get the, the backup. I, I was, oh, yeah. was going to say, no, we, we can't we can't see each no other way. here, but raise your hand if you died <laughs> as soon as you, I don't know. Yeah, we I, did. yes, we did. We got, we immediately got the achievement die within the first uh, 60 seconds. <laughs> was that? <laughs> and yeah. And we were not. What? Because so, basically also the core mechanic of the game is that as you're getting ready to get into your spaceship and launch this time, first time you have to go get some launch codes, which forces you to kind of explore the world around you. Um, right. As in the world around you is in the, the planet of Timberhearth, what you can get to. And so you're walking around and meeting people and like, you know, doing, doing stuff and learning skills. And there are these geysers that erupt. Mm-hmm. Um, and McCoy's like, dude, that looks pretty cool. He's like, I wonder if I can jump in that. And so McCoy, immediately we jump into the geyser, we drown and the game ends. <laughs> Yeah, and it, and it rolls credits. And it rolls credits. It rolls credits. And because you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. The reason that you're on a 22 And I was like, uninstall, bro. I'm done. Yeah. Well, I th- we literally was like, did we just beat that game? Yeah, um, I actually literally said later that day, like, Elena, we beat the game today. And she was like, beat the game is a stretch. Like, like yeah, did it end? Yes. <laughs> did it beat us? Probably. <laughs> so that is actually one of several endings. Yeah. So um, because the- I got yeah. I got two endings. Oh, did you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are we talking about endings already? Let, yeah, let's we'll, before we'll we talk get about there. That later. Sure. Before we get uh-huh. there, if if I don't know, I mean, whatever. What structure? Who gives a fuck? But like, yeah, like it's um. But I wanted to like, why did I fucking jump in the geyser immediately? And the reason why is because the mythos around this goddamn game is always so mysterious, and everyone's always like, "Ooh, there's like a twist, bro." Because like that's what they would always mm-hmm. say on the podcast is like, you know you might not even know what's going on at the beginning. Like you could probably beat the game right away, but like, you're going to have to figure it out, bro. Like you're going to, you're going to be playing and vibing and enjoying. And then, and then you're going to, it's going to click for you, bro. You're going to see some weird shit and you're going to like, so I'm just like, in the geyser. <laughs> I'm looking for the weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so what, I, and by the way, what I saw in there is some weird shit, um, yeah, but I didn't have my spacesuit on. So I died And we're more yeah. successful in that journey. Yes. Um, but yeah, because we hadn't made it all around the place yet, we hadn't looked at the statue that you see at the beginning it opens its eyes at you, the statue of this ancient race, um, of people, the, the Nomai, the Nomai, mm-hmm. um, and it opens its eyes and that is you unravel it later on in the game. You discover that is why you're on this 22 second time loop or 22 minute time loop and why you keep getting re not reborn, but reset. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and as you as you like the whole point of the statue also is just uh when either you die or when the time loop expires you are kind of flashed back I guess visuals of your journey in that time loop which is mm-hmm. the game cluing you in that you're you are retaining the information that you've discovered in that time loop for future time loops. It's actually so it's like a not... literal life flashes before your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a perfect way mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. describe it. Yeah. And so yeah, while while every 22 minutes the world resets, uh your knowledge isn't getting reset. Um you are you know, you don't have to traverse the entire universe in 22 minutes and pick up everything yeah. in one go. Um which is appreciated. It's a roguelike with meta progression. I mean, it's it's ridiculous <laughs> in this premise, but it's so fucking is. I mean, sorta, yeah. 
<laughs> and you're sitting there like, okay, like what runs am I going to do today? Like it's, it, you yeah. know, what's my run today? And it's so ridiculous in this premise, especially after playing some of the roguelikes we've played. Like it fits so well in the fucking weirdest way. But yeah. And the meta progression being not only your knowledge, which is something that progresses in all roguelikes, whether or not they want you to or not, um, but also the ship log. As we talked about it, it updates and it creates this like web of like clues. That sort of fucking cork board with like fucking string that Zoe was references in like Bioshock. Don't listen to those episodes. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, that's a running joke. Maybe you'll get it if you listen to those episodes. Um, Zoe does amazing uh, in this section. Not important. Okay. Anyway. Anyways. But like that's what you always describe, right? Is that fucking like, yo, check it out. It's like that fucking Sunny from sunny philadelphia whatever the fuck reference where it's like it's the always meme, sunny you know yeah. just the crazed eyes the conspiracy cork it's not a conspiracy cork board as much as it's just yeah just a web of information with all of these arrows connecting you know items to other items and branching off in different pathways so it is certainly very overwhelming yeah once you realize that things are branching off into other things and um when you like complete all of the information in a particular area, the visual like will go from like a question mark rumor to like a visual being like, boom, this is cemented here. You've discovered all the information you need for this area. Um, you can read through the information. And if you're missing a piece, it will say there's still more to explore here. Yep. And if you're me, sometimes you're like, motherfucker, I have to go down to the lake bed caves again. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. But um, are these even the lake bed caves? Where the fuck are they? I swear they're these. But are they? Yeah, McCoy and I had a really yeah. hard time with the lake bed caves. That was one of the last things that we fully did. Yeah. And I actually think the only reason we did it was because Raphael happened to be watching us play. And he was like, hmm, what about... And we were like... No, oh. no, it wasn't quite that. No, no. What Raphael helped us with was I was... Even though I knew you could use the flashlight to, for quantuming, I was not thinking about that and doing a full 360 on my controller in the caves as the sand is going up to, like, get them to switch states. So I'm, like, spinning around, and he's like, is there a faster way we could not look at this? And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> oh, wait, yes. Like, it's just like, like so that was really so harming our performance in the caves was me doing a full 360. Well, we also just got lost a lot and like, yeah. Yeah, Anyways. true. But, but also I think that brings up another point though in that a lot of these areas of exploration in this game are in itself time-based mm -hmm. within the 22 minute time loop. Yep. Um, particularly exemplified somewhat in Brittle Hollow because as Brittle Hollow, um, you know, as the time loop goes on, Brittle Hollow gets impacted by these asteroids that has crumb, you know, crumble, the planet kind of crumbles down into this black hole that makes up the core of Brittle Hollow. So there are some areas of the game that you have to get to earlier in the time loop because if you try to visit it later, it's already crumbled and through the black hole. You can't reach it anymore. Um... But then there's places like the Ember Twin and Ash Twin planets, which are these two planets that revolve around each other in this hourglass. Uh, they're called the Hourglass Twins. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the Ash Twin, made up of ash, will gradually start leaking ash onto the Ember Twin and filling the Ember Twin up with its ash. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so there are these dark cavernous areas in Ember Twin. You have to get to pretty early on in the time loop because if you don't, sand will have already covered where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which is panic in two seconds. <laughs> it's because you have to fucking... You have to drive this fucking spaceship, motherfucker. Oh you gotta land that shit. You gotta fucking fly around and shit. Like this McCoy shit ain't easy, bro. Throughout the entire game, to use the landing mode. Okay, I didn't refuse. I just <laughs> when it was really important, I would use it. Usually, like I would think about. Okay, no. Okay, that is a ridiculously unfair categorization. Okay. I was normally decent at landing, but there definitely was like in these uh, panic moments that Zoe was talking about, where I'm like, our only objective is to get here before the sa- uh, the sand or the ash gets here. Right, I was like hard ditching the shit, <laughs> like just like <laughs> jumping out that bad boy. Like, all right, peace. We'll see you on the next loop, bro. And like, you could just like that <laughs> does not help. <laughs> it was awesome, and it's super funny too because you can. There's always an indicator of where it is, and sometimes it's just like fucking miles away, like in or it's space. in the sun. We <laughs> yeah, frequently the lost sun. the ship to the sun. Yeah, yeah, we chilling. Because it would just if you're going off. into the hourglass twins, they are the closest to the sun. Yeah, they're very close of to the, the planets. Sun. Yes. So there's definitely some time stuff. They try to balance that with also some things that you can only do later in the cycle. So like if you miss that, you can either do a reset time loop uh, by just pressing start or whatever the fuck you're doing. Uh, could, could be like escape something on keyboard. But you could do that or you could be like, you know, I'm going to actually spend the second half of this going maybe to the Ash Twin, which is really close. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to see like what it's up to. in the. Yeah. What? I was laughing because the Ash Twin is where you warp. Which was also the literal last thing that McCoy and I figured out how to do. We figured out how to do it temporarily and then, like, had a brief moment of not understanding it slash not having the patience for it and being like, well, this teleporter must not be on because we're just standing on it. Really what happened was I think it's, like, you have to teleport out from the Ash Twin in order to enable the teleporters. Like, I don't think you can teleport to the Ash Twin first. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, you can't go planet to Ash Twin. Mm -hmm. So then... That standing there for a really long time on a planet that wasn't the Ash Twin, I think, ended up confusing oh, yeah, us yeah, okay. as to how it was supposed to work out. Um, whatever, though. Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing I really liked about this game is that I, I feel like with some open world puzzle games, there are a lot of things that you can't figure out until you figure out other things. And there are probably some in this. But for the most part, like, no matter where you go or what you land on or what you're doing, like, you can sort of figure out wherever you are. Um, And there are pieces that you have to put together that are across the whole solar system. And they're definitely, like, things that I think are supposed to be done earlier that you can just not understand until the very end. Like, I think that the puzzles are so well done and the information is so well done that it... I don't, it, it it just allows you to explore really freely and sort of have success wherever you go, I thought. Well, you can do it over Den style, right? You're like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? Okay, tabling that, what else has still got shit that hasn't been discovered on it, right? Like, And then you can go other places and you're just continually adding extra pieces of information while you're just sitting there going, how the fuck do I do this? For instance, how the fuck do I get to the black hole forge if i don't understand how a teleporter works the answer is you fly a ship in there and is hard as fuck like <laughs> but uh you know you get it done and then you're like looking at this thing like what is that symbol is that a teleporter yeah fuck how do we work that doesn't matter okay so if i just like tilt my ship a little bit yeah. and then ram it in here uh, i think what i did oh is i like God. trapped it in a tree <laughs> i like wedged it 
<laughs> between a tree and the the surface of Brittle Hollow, and then I like had to jet onto the magnetic surface or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Gravitational surface. Wait, you done. guys didn't just teleport to black hole form? No, no. we did not. So no. we did From not Ash understand Twin? how teleporters oh, okay. worked. <laughs> no. Okay. Because we had yeah, like I said, we had stood oh. on some other teleporters on not the Ash Twin, but rather their their receptive planets, and just like wondered why they weren't working. But I think oh, the really God. cool thing is like I think that to me is always a sign of a well-made puzzle game is like there are more there's more than one way to do a lot of these things and it, it accepts that answer. Like it accepted yep. us flying our ship, bashing it into the magnetic thing, landing on that and then getting out. Like that was that was fine with it. Or it accepts you getting it stuck in a tree. Like if you want to spend the time to <clears> do I, that, go for it. I almost smashed into the sun platform. Ooh. With my ship, mm-hmm. I almost not did. Gonna cut it by accident. Oh. Um, y- you you can yeah. actually do it. Um. Yeah, um, I believe that. What what I did was I I missed the hourglass twins, and um, careened into the sun, <laughs> and then saved it like maybe ten meters from the sun, mm-hmm. and I was like like in a very close orbit to the sun and also as the (laughs) the station yeah it was base it was so close to the same and then um i lost faith and turned around to try and find it but that lost all of my Mm -hmm. uh velocity and so um the sun ate me yeah i think you stabilized Um, relative to the sun and then started falling into it yeah, and there yeah. is definitely stuff like that, right? Like if you stabilize and match velocity with the planet, then its gravity will just suck you in, um, and these mm-hmm. sorts of things. I had so much problems with Giants Deep for that. Uh, the amount of times I tried to get to that station outside of Giants Deep, trying to like orbit it and like land on that station, and then gr- Giants Deep is known for its very harsh gravity, so I would just mm. slowly I'd be like, "Why is my ship not going forward anymore?" Oh fuck! There's the tornadoes. Yeah. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. You gotta like here. fight these forces, and you have to like do. But that's what. Yeah. Th- oh, I was gonna say like that. That's like the really cool part, though, is just learning. You know, we we talked briefly in the non-spoiler section about just the, how this is also just a game about the physics and discovery yeah. of the physics in a way. Yes. Um, where, yeah, you you get to Giants Deep, you try to jetpack like you do on other planets, and you can't because Giants Deep just has such a dense core that the gravity is just really heavy, so you can't even do so much as jump, let alone, you know, jetpack anywhere, you know, so you do have to rely on these tornadoes to kind of propel you up and, you know, crash you back down. Um, you know, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, again, like Brittle Hollow was kind of, was a cool place to kind of learn how to like have the terrain manipulate where you go because it's just constantly crumbling. Um, all of those were just really cool ways. It it definitely felt like a fighting the elements kind of, Mm -hmm. um, it's not really even survival because there's really no survival mechanics in this game besides, I guess, just don't take damage. Yeah, and, and the only way you really take damage is if bit. and the oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Really, basically, your like your core survival mechanics are your oxygen, 
your jetpack fuel because that gets you around places and uh you know your your body damage um and i didn't discover the 22 minute time loop until like maybe a couple like an hour into the game only because i kept on dying because i would just underestimate just how seriously they took the physics in this game like you know i like i think the first thing i did i flew towards a planet didn't think i need to do too much like slowing down and i literally just mm-hmm. like yeah. nose dived into brittle landed. hollow and just yeah. killed myself yeah <laughs> and so um, yeah yeah and so you know the first time the supernova actually happened, I was like, oh, fuck, did I press a lever somewhere and yeah. did something to the sun? Like, yeah, did I smash something too why, hard? Yeah. Why did this happen? Yeah. Um, I. Yeah. Um. All right, quick production note. So can you leave the Discord call and come back? You're crackling. Oh, am I? Yep. Oh, no. Okay. I will timestamp this as well. <clears throat> and we're back uh yeah man like so it 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 turns out like it's all about feathering everything do you know what i mean it's really Mm -hmm. like if you're gonna pick up speed you have to be like ready to like reverse and like if you're gonna like like you almost want to like get an equilibrium with your jetpack like with some gravity so you're like floating and like there's all this and then they do have this really handy like match velocity thing that is maybe like the most handy thing that's ever existed ever and otherwise i mean this game would be pure hell for me like if i i wouldn't be able to fly it like i'm just not that good i i i definitely over accelerate and things because you don't accelerate as fast as you think you should and so you hold on to your booster longer than you should and then you end up going way faster than you intended and like you sort of notice it like later and so it's just yeah it's just it's just hard it takes a lot of getting used to yeah i was gonna say i so i didn't have to control this game thank goodness because i wouldn't have been able to but it seemed like from watching mccoy do it that it was difficult um does that seem accurate to everybody else like is this i mean how were the like how were the controls in this game are they passable difficult frustrating i I think the controls are pretty good in most situations um the main thing that really gets you is controlling roll mm-hmm. in places that are rotating um but even that you can kind of ignore and navigate anyway but it it does add some difficulty that being said i would say like in terms of games involving flight and space and orbital mechanics it's super forgiving like this game makes it way easier than others i've played so i mean i guess i found it really easy coming from like kerbal space program and stuff where i'd done a lot of this type of flying um and yeah you can like land at 30 meters per second and it'll be like yeah your landing gear took a little damage yeah boom there's definitely got no ways you can bounce off shit. You can like, land a lot faster than 30 meters per second. <laughs> James <it'll> has tried. <laughs> no, but see, yeah. Let's, oh, yeah. let's tease oh, yeah, this yeah. out a little bit, though. Because it's like, uh, are the controls but I guess good? Yes. Is it hard yes. to fly in some of these environments? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I yes. mean? Maybe that's like just I, from... I think you kind of have to learn to pay attention to your velocity, like, really carefully. Like, the actual numbers of it and not just, like, eyeballing it. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe that's just like too yeah. from a viewer's point of view. Because so I, you know, McCoy is the person I play games with, and he has a very like cinematic eye, and he does these like sweeping views, and like is very mm-hmm. particular about the way he controls games. And in this game, I was frequently like. Yo, could we just be like not sideways right now so I can <laughs> try and bring this out? Yeah, and I'm like essentially <laughs> and he's no. Just, like, floating somewhere, <laughs> and just like it just it lo- it looked very difficult, and in some ways, like visually, I think as the person not controlling it, it I wasn't like seasick, but I was like, yeah. if we could just stop with whatever this like constant rotating like whoosh, whoosh, coming back thing is that you're doing, that would be amazing. It's hard, um, bro. You're fighting it tooth and nail, I yeah. feel like, the whole time. And, like, you can, like, stabilize on certain things, but then instantly it starts taking over again. And it is not always elegant. Sometimes you just have to get the job done. So, like, is this game hard? I was thinking about it the other day. Like, is this game hard Um, in a non-traditional way? Yes. I think it is hard. Like, if you if you distill the puzzles down, right, it's not, like, the most insanely hard puzzles. It's not supposed to be a hard game. But, like, for instance, like, Elena, like, your dad would fucking love this game, but could he control oh, he it? Could not, I don't, he could not I control I don't think this. so. No, no, no. To be honest. Um, but but I'm not sure mm. that he couldn't. Mm, he couldn't. He If he was willing to be patient and, and appreciated the space no, components I've of it. I've seen him try to play platformers. He, he could not do this. Yeah, but platformers, you know, <laughs> those are hard, and those were hard for me until, like, two years ago, so... I don't know. Fair enough. But it is it is difficult for sure, for sure, to control the stuff. Like, for instance, bro, how many times did you guys, like, I'm surely we all had this experience, right, please, not just me, but, like, where you, like, lift off of a planet and then you hit the fucking um, autopilot and then you just crash down on the planet you just lifted off of before you even, like, take control. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, fuck. Yes. Yeah, that happened. Like, yeah, as it turns out, autopilot in this game is literal autopilot, where it's uh, it just draws a straight line between you and the planet, and it will get you there no matter what is in your path. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that may be another planet, or it may just be the sun. In fact, yes. I definitely flew into the mm-hmm. sun a couple times because yes. I was just like, I'll do autopilot, and then I'll look at my ship log while I'm waiting to arrive. And next thing you know, oh, God, I'm on fire. Yeah, it's it's a little bit better than that, but it goes through like three distinct phases where it's like first it will match velocity mm-hmm. with the thing you're targeting and then yep. it will approach it and then it will slow down mm-hmm. and it doesn't care about anything that might intersect with any of mm-hmm. those phases. Mm-hmm. I do like the flavor text, though, of when you first wake up every morning as a guy sitting there right next to you roasting marshmallows who's like... Up. I think he designs the 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 I almost call it a plane, the mm-hmm. spaceships. Um, but one of the things you can tell him is like, "Yo, um, I use the autopilot. Are you aware that it will fly you directly into the sun?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. What of it? Yeah, <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> yeah." And like, it's one of those things where like, I love, I love the space sort of scale, and we can talk about that more in a greater sense. But like. Just space in general is a really interesting way for for threat and urgency to, like, occur because you're, like, autopiloting. And you're, like, oh, it is a little close to the sun. I think we'll be all right. You're, like, ooh, it is getting a very close for my guy. Okay, 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 I'm taking over. I'm taking over. Like, cancel. You know, it's just, like, <laughs> you just, like, the crisis and then you're just, like, careening, like, to the right away from it or something. But, like, it, it has this, like, really gradual urgency that it applies like you're like if you ever tried to like land on the hourglass twins the other one can just be in your way and kill you and so you're just like 
Mm-hmm. Is it going to be when I get there? And it's like spinning and you're like watching it and you're like, I think I'm going to miss it. Ooh, it is going to be close. Ooh, it is going to be really cool. Okay, okay, okay. I should probably just take over. Okay, I'm taking over. I'm taking over. Um, so Speaking of space and scale, though. Yes. Uh, one thing I don't think we touched on at all is that actually everything in this game is actually like miniature. The planets yeah. are miniature. So good. The, the yeah. sun is yes. miniature. The whole system is a lot more compact than a real solar system. So actually, like, I don't know if the planets are like couple of kilometers across mm-hmm. they're like not they're not very big um and it kind of makes the amount of stuff much more manageable but it also gives it this like wonderful like i i, I don't i honestly don't really know how to describe it it's just like flying around it is so much more interesting because the fact that everything is a sphere is so much more important when it's small mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> yeah, I loved the scale of yeah. this game. And I, I think that too, um, space games to me always seem like they're really difficult to pull off for a lot of reasons. I've played a couple of them and there's just a lot, there's a lot that I think people get tripped, like that are, it's just difficult to design a game that lets you do the things that space does. I mean, gravity is really hard. Like we played the, uh, the Borderlands game that was in space and the gravity was fucking awful on the moon. It was the worst thing ever. And like, I think this game does it much better. Um, but also just the experience of the first time that you wake up, well, we died the first time we woke up, but the second time you load the game and you try to lift off and you actually lift off from the planet, like the, um, the impression that those little planets give as you, you lift off and you kind of like see the horizon and then you're up and you're in space. is just so fabulous. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, the fact that it's small scale, but it feels really, it doesn't feel but it feels me like more realistic than others. I don't know how to say it exactly, but it lends something really special to the space travel that makes it just feel awesome. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like um, No Man's Sky, I think is another example that I've played where like, well, you lift off in that game, but it's just not the same as lifting off uh, from Timber Hearth and being able to see the planet below you and see the horizon and then like get up and see the planets in the sun. It's just really, I think it's really fabulous. And I think that's something that seems to me to be difficult to do in space games that this game just like knocked out of the park yeah the planets are are small enough well okay they're large enough that they can hide interesting shit everywhere Mm -hmm. and you can have interesting levels all over them but then they're like small enough that you can like fly around them and you can manage them and they're close enough to each other that it feels so attainable and within reach to go to another planet and they even play off this in the lore like it it really does feel like almost almost like a low tech like civilization that you guys are right but like it's like it it almost feels like they built boats but instead of building boats they built spaceships because like you look up at the moon and there's just a motherfucker chilling there you know what i mean just in the moon your moon (laughs) and he's just like yo what's up like waving at you and shit and like he can practically see you and there's like there's like smoke smoke trails. Yeah, yeah. I love the smoke yeah, trails yeah, yeah. too. I think there's so many really smart design choices in this, but I think the campfires with the smoke trails are one of my favorite parts. I mean, this game has a lot to offer, but I re- I like that that little design piece of like you're going around a planet and you start to mm-hmm. see this. And they're big smoke trails in compare. Like they're probably the size of the planet in terms of like length. length. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can really see them from far away. You're like, oh shit land 
And then McCoy botches the landing. You gotta try again. Yeah, especially near the smoke trails. Like I'm like landing in some fucking tree near oh some explorer, and he's just like playing a harmonica or something. But whatever. Um. I do wish there was some dialogue line because there were times when like we would be there for like two minutes, just like trying to land, just bumping around, like couldn't get in all over the place, and then we just land like essentially on top of this guy's sleeping bag, like halfway up in a tree, and you get out, and you're just like, hey. <laughs> You're like, hey, how's your first being an astronaut going? And you're like, did you see that fucking landing? It's atrocious. Like, I wish they would comment on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a big That's deal. Like, but... Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. So you were trying to land as close as possible to the things that you wanted to get to. Often, yes. Mm-hmm. No, we weren't going to walk, James. James was always landing yeah, my... at a respectful distance. <laughs> yeah, I my my theory was get to the planet, get out, and then bunny hop to where you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Just like so, jumping. Most of the planets and you can usually I would take orbit with your jetpack. Yeah, 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 exactly. And usually I would take, you know, some damage on the way to whatever I wanted to get to um, just by going way too fast and then smashing into a wall. Um, but... <laughs> You know, the ship, you can heal. It's fine. It, it's such a magic player. It's like, in you, it's like, the only <laughs> HP that matters is zero. <laughs> is the so, dead HP. So, yeah. like, don't yeah, worry exactly. about it. Like, I should optimally be yeah. using the, my HP to go really fucking fast <laughs> um, so that I can get yeah. there. But it also meant that James ended up using oxygen as propellant a lot. You can do that. Not it, untrue. Yes. Whoa. It's and, an achievement. And then <laughs> it's not very raging powerful. at the fact I never got the achievement, I don't think. Maybe I did, and I just I got it so early on that I didn't notice. Um but I definitely raged a number of times at the fact that oxygen can't like giga boost okay. your speed up. Mm-hmm. Um because I would use that a lot to like sequence break especially on Brittle Hollow, I would just, like, look down um, to a platform, like, 30 meters below me, 100 meters below me, and then just jump. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then right near the end, like, boost. Um, and occasionally land perfectly. station. And <laughs> occasionally. Uh, we weren't going to talk about that, Rafael. We weren't going to talk about that. I think I think everybody accidentally yeah, yeah. got into Whitehall Station oh, at some point yeah, yeah. due to that. <laughs> I I mean at some point at at every other time I went to Brittle Hollow, if not more. Which oh, I think only it's a vicious cycle because then I think it only incentivizes more sequence breaking because you're like, well, I sh- I sh- I should be there already. <laughs> like, okay, let's take a yeah. good job. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. One thing but then, like that I was oh go ahead sorry. Oh yeah, I mean did you ever like explore things that came through the white hole? Like that's mm-hmm. I mean I guess that's that's part of it, but Yeah. 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 Like uh there was like sometimes where so one of what I thought was going to be a complaint about the game for me um was that there was just no like 
just kill me now button <laughs> that I discovered for a while. Because there would be times where I would just like propel myself into space and my ship would be like 34 kilometers away and I would just be like floating there aimlessly. And the thing was, I hated for a while waiting until my oxygen ran out because the mm. gasp of breath your character yeah. takes yeah. when you run out of oxygen is the most horrifying sound i think i I hated it but (laughs) if you talk to gabbro on giant's deep he he teaches you all about meditating and from there on out in the escape menu there is a meditate until next loop option (laughs) that you can do and so that i was very thankful for once i talked to him and discovered all about that i think you have to like you have to prompt his dialogue saying, like, how do you deal with the inevitability of death every 22 minutes or something like that? And he's like, oh, I just meditate. I can teach you. Um, so it was a lot more peaceful when I would just be floating there aimlessly. And I'm just like, oh, I will meditate. And your character just takes a lasting exhale and your eyes gently close. And then you just wake up again. And I'm like, that is lovely. <laughs> Thank you for that. You know, it's it's a much gentler just kill me now button because boy, did I feel that a lot in this game where it's like, well, this is fucked. Kill me now. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out you can just press start and and reset the loop at any time. But it's yeah, very out of world. So out. it's cool that there's an in-world <clears throat> way to do it through the yeah. meditation. Well, so yeah, yeah. Would, would you would you retain the information yes. if you reset yep. the loop yep. though? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the kill me now button menu. that you're referring to. <laughs> Oh, well, it's, it's the exit, it's exit to, to menu. menu, and then you reload, and I think it does retain the information. Mm-hmm. It absolutely I think does. it says no, 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 it absolutely quit. Does. It says reset loop, and then you say I yes. believe the button is quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's what I, I guess made that that do. wasn't. I was gonna say that that wasn't all that I guess clear to me. I was always under the impression that I would lose everything that I discovered. So. Um, mm. Yeah, it was one of so the first things we why. tested. <laughs> we were like, like scientifically, like, well, this feels kind of out of world, but. Let's test it. Yeah, what it. happens if we do this? So we discovered some shit and we're like, cool, let's quit. And then I was like, oh, it does. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And then we ran with that. Which ended up being great because I agree with you, Zoe. The sound that you make when you run out of oxygen oh, yeah. is horrifying. The sound that you make when you are crushed up against a wall oh, by God. rising yeah. ash is yeah. also horrific. I was going to ask if anybody else got that because, yeah, that happened to me a few yep. times. Yep. So terrible. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me. So, yeah. Like that was actually crunching. That was like the second way that I died. Oh, jeez. I think, and I was like horrified. Yeah, the death um, sounds are really super um, mm-hmm. vivid. And it's so funny in the in the early section, Elena, like the noise spoiler section. You were like, "Yo, this is just like a totally chill experience." And there are some really fucking stressful places in here. Like, yeah, I, you know. my my brain was screaming lies. Are, are we there? <laughs> are, are we at Brittle Hollow right now? Or not Brittle Hollow? Are we Tar- at? Uh, dark bramble okay that's true that's not really very east shade vibes should we it's not it's not chill that's the opposite of chill yeah there is the 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 horror Uh, section of this game yeah those things are fucking terrifying Mm -hmm. i did i was actually the first those are great those are great by the way for the press start before they attack you like literally you don't even need to be eaten by them again you just press start okay fuck i aggroed it quit reset no, Call today. that's not what you do. What you do is you scream <laughs> uh-huh. and then you close your eyes and accept death. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple times I felt so hilarious because like I it just I personally like when I was growing up, I never wanted to be this person because I just I think there's like all these like implications of it. But I understand it now much better because I'd be like, 
Alana, close your eyes. <laughs> like, we're going in. And she's like, but I can hear it. I'm like, take your headset off. <laughs> like, I need to try something. She'd be like, how's it going? Like, Because, yeah, it is, you are submitting yourself to some torture there when I, you die yeah. to that shit. I did um, the first time that we flew into Dark Bramble and we saw what they were and experienced that. I went, I think I said out loud, like, oh, I wonder how James is doing. <laughs> it's like, oh, James, buddy. I, I don't know if I would have finished that section without Raphael there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might have, I might have just, just been done. <laughs> You're like red light. Fuck you that. Would have pulled an Ethan Carter. Just fuck this game. Yeah. yeah. Exit. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um. Yeah. yeah. Dark Bamble was the last planet I ever explored. I mean, aside from I guess the Quantum Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, only because like. You first like find the seed on Timber Hearth, and you shout it. You you shoot a scout launcher into it, and you take a photo at it. And I saw that photo of the anglerfish in there, and I was like, "Oh hell no, <laughs> we ain't yeah, going in you. there." <laughs> mm-hmm. But I knew like, well, especially since the harmonica comes from in there, I was like, "God damn it, I will need to go in there eventually." So like, I'm checking in with Raphael, you know before the beginning of this week and i'm just like well i've done everything except for dark bramble like i just i can't (laughs) i can't i can't experience this place and he's like well you have to go in there eventually and i'm like well i know (laughs) do i want to though i don't know (laughs) yep i was impressed that you like uh got all the way through giant steep without going there well okay so that was my one walkthrough (laughs) that was um the one, I think the one thing that you need to go into Dark Bramble to find out about Giant's Deep is the uh, the, the jellyfish. jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you can go into yep. the bell of the jellyfish. Um, myself, I constantly was getting electrocuted. I was like, fuck it. I will look it up. And they're like, well, you need to go into Dark Bramble to figure it out. I'm like, nope, fuck that. <laughs> and they're like, okay, just get into the bell of the jellyfish. I'm like, sweet. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. That jellyfish moment, I think, was a really good example of, like, the dual problem-solving power because we were stuck with that for a while. We knew that there was something about the jellyfish. We knew it was going to insulate us. But we were sitting there in Giant's Deep trying to shove our ship into the jellyfish, basically. (laughs) Like, we were underneath (laughs) the jellyfish trying to get our ship up into the jellyfish. And it just wouldn't work. Too big. Exactly. It was just too big. And I feel like at some point, I think we would just we, we went away. We're like, okay, screw it, we'll figure this out later. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who which one of us it was, but like one of us was like all like we were like on our way flying somewhere else. And someone's like, wait, mm-hmm. what if we get out of the ship? And it was like that beautiful problem solving puzzle moment where like everything clicks together. But I think it was McCoy who was like, oh, we gotta go, sh- we gotta shove ourselves into the jellyfish. And I was like, oh, we gotta get out of the ship. And it was like that thing of the benefit of having two people together to solve a lot of these problems means that you could mm. each have half of the right answer yeah. and then you kind of squash them together and it works. So I can't remember, there was a couple other examples of that where it was literally like half of the equation was contributed by each parties in a way that mm-hmm. is just like, you just look at it and I just know myself and... I couldn't I could not have enjoyed this game the same way myself. I'm just not capable. Like I I would forget key details. That's just who I am as a person. Um like I would like for me I would have to like sit there and like at the beginning of a day I'd probably have to read all of the entries again to try to put things together. And if I did that maybe. But but yeah, so having someone else to be like 
weird idea. But what about this? Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, it's like getting into the getting the Ash Twin teleporter to work. It's like, okay, is it possible uh, the Ash Twin teleporter specifically to to the inside of the Ash Twin? It's like, do you? It's like, why does the sand like suck us up? Like, is that a problem? Could we just wait for the sand to be over? Would it still work, or could we do it in the middle? It's like, I guess it sounds kind of dumb. Like, I guess we could just try it in the middle. And it's like, and the other person's like. No, that makes a lot of... All right. No, no. And then it's like, okay, let's fucking try it. So that's that's the... But you can't do it from the middle, though. Just to be clear, that's not how we solved that. No, it is how we solved it. The middle of the... We got in the cubby. Well, you get in the cubby first. Yeah. But yeah, then you, well, you have go to in get the in middle the of the time when the sand is going. Oh, uh, okay, cool, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So I, I can't remember the exact cases, but there were some cases where there was like half of it each. Um, I think also with the uh, sun station tower. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know mm-hmm. who had the mm-hmm. idea of warping there, but when you got there, uh, Elena had like the other half of like, oh, we just need the sand to be at the right level. Yeah. Oh yeah, because we right, had the exactly. yeah. Right. I, think that there's... I I thought that I needed to do some serious jetpacking maneuverability yeah. around yeah, all those cacti, and I was just like, I got pretty this far. isn't happening. It's hard. <laughs> I did that several times yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's like all the platformers that you guys have played, or like I don't know what what it is, but I think all of you are like, we know we can do this. Yeah, it's hard. So as fuck, what yeah. happened for me? No, 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 no. What happened for me was I tried it once and I said this is impossible, and then Raphael said, "Well, technically, it's not impossible." <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I got baited into trying like three more times. Nice. I mean, so I, and then I was trying to be like, "There is an easy way, and this is the hard way." Yeah. No, Without no, no. Spoiling what you were it. trying to do was bait me into doing it three more times. Nice. Um, nice. Oh god. Uh yeah. And then I kind of grumpily was like, all right. Yeah. Um I never really it it really did not click to me that that you needed to use the raising sand to actually complete stuff. Mm-hmm. It always felt to me like a punishment mechanic of not being able to get to stuff on the um, Ember Twin side and a uh, like revealing stuff on the Ash Twin mm-hmm. side. And it never, it, it really took a long time for me to figure out that it actually can help you get through things on the Ember side. And also on the hash side it's like an epiphany so, you have to have like it has you have to reshape the way you look at it. it's the same with the um brittle yeah. hollow and the uh with black hole and the white hole, the hole yeah. like oh my god i can't go there anymore because i was too late because it fell through the hole and then it's like actually this might it be the best the time yeah, to look at like it this one is thing that you the reverse need to through. yeah so it's 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 like a epiphany like, level so getting stuck Getting like buried alive in a cave, like unlucky, is definitely <laughs> uh, one of my top fears. Um, hello, what? You're fine. You uh, just cut off for a split second, you're and good, I'm sure it's good. fine on the recording. Can you hit us again with what you just said? Oh, I just said that getting buried alive in a cave is like one of my top fears Oof. all time. Oof. Um, <laughs> so welcome to the game. I was not about. That. I was not about letting a cave fill with sand to get through something 
That was not something that came naturally to me. Yeah. I think that we discovered that purely by accident because there was something that we couldn't get to. We just happened to try it at a different time of day and the sand was higher and so we could do it. And we're like, oh. Um, It was never our conscious thought of like, oh, maybe this would work. It was just purely by accident. So actually, this is one of the explicit objectives of the design of this game. Um, So history on this game trigger your fears of getting stuck in a cave no 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 (laughs) yes so history on this game this was like this started out as somebody's master's thesis for advanced like game design um and the objective was to have a like dynamic system that you could explore and so like all of these things were like the sand is raising and the pieces are falling through the black hole. Like these are dynamic systems and the time loop is a mechanism for you to be able to like really examine the whole system. Makes total sense. Mm -hmm. And they play off it everywhere all the time. Like even just from when you wake up. Really cool. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That being said, like almost no other game works this way. So it's really easy to come into this and be looking at everything as a static system and then get frustrated when it doesn't measure up to the expectations or feels like it's forcing you into a impossibly difficult task. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, that's, and like yeah. in most other games, timing stuff is just locking you out of content. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there was also, I had the tendency in this game to see something, um, for example, the thing on Brittle Hollow, the tower, is it, is it the Tower of Quantum Knowledge? Or is it, some, it's one yes. of those things. Yep. Yeah. Um, but we were, you know, we tried forever to try and get into that thing. We're shooting probes into it and trying to fly our ship into it. And like, how do we get into this thing? And I think that I had the tendency a lot in this game when we hit something like that, where we really felt like we had tried everything. Then I'd be like, well, I just don't think we're supposed to be able to do it yet. Like, we have to know something else or do something else to be able to get this piece to work. Um, and for the most part in this game, like, that's never true. It yeah. is never true that you need to go get something to be able to do it, almost. Yeah, maybe um, the moon is the difference. Sometimes there is some understandings yeah. that you need, like, to get into Giant Steep's core. You need to understand how what jellyfish do. Um, but it's, you know, it's a different way of thinking about it. It's never like, oh, well, if I, did, I just got to go pick up this thing and then it'll suddenly I'll get it. Um, it's always there in front of you. You can always do it. You just need to figure out what in the world is going to change to make it so you can you can do that thing. There's a lot of observing. Mm. There's a lot of like, I should just sit here and watch uh-huh. this cycle and see what the fuck happens. And like, I should just pay attention and just chill. I know there were a couple of times where we just sat the controller down, talked, was just like looking at stuff. You know, it's like beautiful. The visuals mm-hmm. are amazing. And we're just like looking. Does anything change? Does, any, does anything come by? Yeah. Yeah, like, so for, so there are definitely things, like you said, like the jellyfish or, yeah, there's a couple things that, like, maybe you need information for. Um, but it's it's not the same as, like, okay, that's what I'm thinking about. It's, it's like, the, the dark matter. It's the not ghost, the same as the ghost, the ghost matter. Sure. It's not the same as, like, what you're imagining. Like, well, I just need to get the super super, and then yeah, I can just walk through that shit. Yeah, I kept waiting for, like, oh, well, like, we're going to get something later that will let us deal with this. And the answer is no, you're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and you have what you need to deal with it, which is the probe will detect it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And actually, the, the dark matter is just, or the ghost matter. My bad. I think it's mm-hmm. actually strange matter. 
that's my favorite uh like fan theory about it um because strangeness has some properties that line up with it um but anyway uh it's just like to be a, an obstacle for some of the like puzzle solving yeah and it is also very tightly integrated into the story behind mm -hmm. the whole thing right. and that like this was the fall of the nomai yeah mm -hmm. yeah they really really tightly weave the story oh, into the this the lore of this story is so cool the writing mm -hmm. the writing is so cool yeah i loved um, like go ahead james i can see what i'd like yeah. after oh i was gonna say that um the the writing in this game i would say and the whole the like story boarding i don't know um i guess that's all writing uh it feels so much more so much more masterfully pulled off than many of the games we have played for this podcast um like uh like life is strange <laughs> Um, okay. Life is strange. Okay, reasonable. Get Shout out, Life is strange. Uh, it's a story game, and the story's trash. Um, okay. Spoilers. And uh, and this is not a story game, and the story's incredible, and all of the characters are wonderful and whimsical mm -hmm. in such a joyful way. Um disagree too i almost think that this is a story game kind of at its core because i think that's so much... i mean there's a story no but i i don't know i think that so much of the exploration in this game is driven by your desire to understand what's happened and what is happening um, and not only that hmm. but like understanding what they were doing and why like that is mm -hmm. the story and that's also how you find out what you need to do yeah and and, think... and even the fact that so... you do it at all the fact that like i'm like am i just am i just a descendant of the nomai in this in this case anymore because i'm about to do essentially their 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 life's work right now mm -hmm. whether or not that makes sense for me but it's because you're caught up in the mystery so but i think so. they're like a more pure sense of it I, I mean i really think that a lot of the most satisfying moments of this game to me were essentially story beats like when you figure out like when you get into when you first see a projection of um, the Ash Twin Project, and you see the masks in there, and you mm -hmm. count them. And you're like, oh, fuck me, there are three of them that are lit up. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a story beat. And then when you go meet Gabbro, and you're like, oh, shit, you've been dying too? And you're like, okay, that's two, but like, who is the third one? A lot of the mystery and the intrigue about, and I think what drives you to keep playing this game, at least for me, it might be different from other people. Maybe other people were more interested in just kind of like the core world um but for me i was like i want to go figure out what happened to all these people and so I, I was putting it together as we went and every time we had one of those moments where something would come together and you were like oh my god they were like build they were going to blow up the sun or like they're doing all these you know those moments were amazing to me and were what i really i think what i enjoyed most about this game and that to me is a story hmm. um and they're telling this incredible story of a whole civilization and they're like the whole i mean the whole the whole civilization their arrival here and then their what they were doing and their eventual demise and like all of that to me was just a really amazing and really tightly knit and well narrated and interestingly told story. 
and like the the. the so um, what you're saying is that in ten months we're gonna have an hour long argument <laughs> about mm-hmm. whether this deserves to be on the best narrative game. Yeah, I'm coming for you. Of the year, list. I okay. think that this deserves it. Okay. Um, I I also want to say right. like it it does. Like, it has twists in the story in this really interesting way, even though, like, yes. the story mm-hmm. is all there, but, like, the twists come anyway. So it's, like, at first you're, like, oh, they were going to blow up the sun. Well, I guess they did it because, like, it keeps yeah. blowing up. Yeah, yeah. I think then... you were there, Raphael, and I was, like, well, spoiler alert, it worked. <laughs> and you were, like, well, hold up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, like, did it? <laughs> yeah. Um, um. And then there's all this, like, and... when you wake up, you see the probe firing off, but, mm-hmm. like, for the first half of the, the game, just like exploding, yeah. not even seeing it, like this is just something in the sky. It's like, oh, that's giant steep. It's like, oh wait, actually, this is like a little different every time, and the difference is important. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's oh, such a cl- like one yeah. of and the core. It's it's a core aspect of the story mm-hmm. of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. What one? So of I'm the... not going to argue cool. against that point. <laughs> I think yeah. I think that that's a fair point. Thank you, James. I think, um, absolutely. And I think that that might be part of, um, why I struggled to play this game for more than like 45 minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, which is that, um, I don't kind of as a person, um, want to, fight to learn a story um i i get i get satisfaction fighting for different things in in terms of struggling with game mechanics um and struggling with exploration like i had functionally no interest in finding all of the different explorers um on the various planets mm-hmm. um like I learned that they were all out there and immediately dismissed it (laughs) and like never went searching for any of them. Um, And that was definitely not the right choice in terms of learning about the world and understanding what's going on. But that's just kind of where my interest did not lie. And, like, I love all the the characters. They're all cute. They all have great dialogue. But, like, I wasn't excited to go find them. Um, I was excited to go explore the different worlds and kind of solve the puzzles and, <clears throat> and figure out what the Nomai were doing. Like, that was the exciting thing for me more than... Mm-hmm than the uh what are they the harthians yeah i mean i agree Um, with that i found the nomai to be like the that was what i wanted i mean i I liked going to meet all the they're certainly the driving force but i found the story of the nomai to be really compelling and really interesting i don't know Mm -hmm. it's like i enjoy like ancient civilizations and i was just like fuck yeah this is right up my alley but yeah um i also just thought it was really well done Mm -hmm. But, and I mean, it, a lot of the Nomai yeah. characters were really whimsical and colorful as well. Um, yeah. One Absolutely. detail that James noticed, and I didn't notice actually while playing the game, is that there's actually two different Nomai scripts. There's like the child's handwriting and there's the adult handwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. 
I didn't yeah. notice that either, but I really, in fact, what I was going to say earlier is that I really loved how, as you explore the world and continue to read all these Know My Writings, the same characters pop up multiple times. And so you kind of get to know them mm-hmm. through text only. Um, and they all have their own personalities and they joke with each other. And like, you know, this pair who's kind of, kind of reckless and is, you know, doing things a little, you know. Um, I, I blow stuff they, up. Yeah, I thought they did a really nice job of writing all those characters and making them feel like real distant yeah. people. Well, Harthy, uh, Nomai, despite the fact that you never met any of them and they were all only through text. Um, and I think like some of my favorite moments were like reading um, some of the text with, and I don't know how to say his name, but the guy that you meet on the quantum moon. Solanum. Yeah, Solanum. So when you finally get there and you meet him... You talk to him, you're like, oh my god, you're the third mask, this is so fucking cool. You do all that stuff, and then we went back, and the next piece of text that we read had his name in it, and it was him talking. And I was like, hey, that's the guy we just met. Um, and I just thought so all I, of that was sort of like a magical, beautiful package that they created. So actually, Solanum is not the third mask. The third mask is the probe data. Uh-huh. Um, and I believe inside of ash twin it tells you like these are the three data sources probe data uh timber hearth mask giant steep mask yeah i remember reading that and being or like session. well i don't understand that because solanum's clearly alive so <laughs> well, but solanum is also dead but solanum clearly oh. he says i don't it's think Schrod- i'm Schrodinger's exactly alive. alive anymore Mm-hmm. So you, you see like Solanum's shuttle and Solanum's dead body mm-hmm. and then Solanum's live body. That's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. get that part, but I still really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a lot to wrap your so head around. Game. Yeah, there's like I didn't get that part, but I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the story beats that involved, I think like the one that really affected me a lot was I think in Dark Bramble, when you read the script, you find Escape Pod 3 and you read the script about how uh, we were trying to get back to our vessel. Uh, the, the only problem is there's two signals yep. that we follow because the, the I guess, the quote-unquote gimmick of Dark Bramble is that the inside of Dark Bramble is just constantly expanding. Um, so you mm-hmm. can send off a probe and then next thing you know, you see like three duplicates or, you know, triplicates of your signal and you're like, whoa, which one do I follow? But anyway, the the gnome I f- find two signals for their vessel and they're like well we don't have a lot of supplies let's let's just follow this closer one because it is the closest one let's just hope that that is our vessel and then you kind of follow their trail and you turn a corner and you just see just like a mass grave of nomai Mm. around a -hmm. seed where they're just like well this is where the signal led us and it's clearly not our fucking vessel and so we're dead and several of them just like hugging it out for the end mm-hmm. yeah. exactly it, it is that so really sad they're all it, it's it's a static image in front of you yet it's just very uh it just really affected me where i was just like whoa that is heartbreaking now i'll just mm-hmm. shoot off a probe inside the seat okay so long but like <laughs> you know it's i i did like I was finding it hard, I guess, to, I want to say, like, I was finding it hard to connect with the Nomai for a while in the game, where I was just like, why, 
why do I really care? I, I, w I was having trouble connecting personalities through text with the name, you know, names like Yarrow and Poke and, you know, Solanum. Maybe it's just because of how I speed read things, but Malora. they were just kind of words on a screen. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really truly getting an essence of what the Nomai were like. But stills like that in the game, you know, as heartbreaking as they were, just kind of really helped me connect more with their plight and with the desperation that they felt and the curiosity that they felt in trying to understand this world and in their own exploration and innovation. Yeah. 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 And I, I guess the game could have um, been improved by like a, just like, uh, what's the term when you just list all the characters and sort of collect sure. kind like of like how it had the rumor sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, they could have colored it, the names too. That might have helped. Like, oh, that's the pink name again. That you know, these sorts of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also think mm -hmm. there's a disconnect that exists, um, with sort of like the premise that maybe I want to say is in all of our minds, at least in mine. At first, it's like this is the ancient civilization, and I sort of felt like they had all the technology, and we were just using their technology, and they were like perfect in a way or at least like incredibly advanced mm -hmm. and then you like read what they're saying and they're like yo bro like i'm doing this shit over here i'm gonna blow some shit up bro it's red <laughs> dog and you're like what the <laughs> fuck and so like eventually you come to realize like oh okay actually no they were just on a journey here trying to get yeah. as far as they can and then when you start to see that they didn't succeed in areas and you start to see oh they were trying to track the quantum moon here's their primitive version of tracking it here there's is there more advanced version of tracking it here's like when they finally succeeded like they're almost like on this undying quest and it's killing all of them and yeah. like you see all this then it starts to that, land though. yeah i think that they i i don't know i can't there was so much i think that they did really well with with them and their story but i think that they think they did that really worked um for the story writers was that they gave this this little clan or whatever of people like a really clear purpose um that they kind of repeated over and over again and kind of everything that they did made sense given that core belief and core purpose of like we will find the like we were sent here by the eye of the universe we will find the eye of the universe but also this like constant quest for sort of scientific progress less exploration of like oh shit guys there's this moon have you seen that thing? And like, we're yeah. going to figure that out. We're like, oh, shit. There's this new thing that just came into our solar system. Like, let's go get it. Like, all mm -hmm. of those choices made total sense within their character as a as a people. Um, yeah. And I think it really made them sort of like compelling as a group. And so even though you didn't know all those people at Dark Bramble or you didn't know all of the, you know, I think that they really held together um, from a story perspective and you understood their narrative and you understood what they were trying to do and i think that made it um and i just think it made this story really hang together and be a lot more compelling especially when you don't totally agree. know like necessarily what's gonna happen i mean you really don't know what's gonna happen all the way until the end but you start to get more and more and more clues of what's sort of going on but in the middle i was entertaining the theory that essentially the seeds that are destroying planets are creating this signal that people chase after mm -hmm. and they just eat them and it's like it's possible especially with their mm -hmm. vessel stuck in there and like the way that it's like landed on your planet and the way that it's destroyed some other planets and like the dark bramble bramble probably was a planet and it's destroyed it since then so it's just like you really don't know and you start to i at least start to really question their 
willingness to go to do essentially anything to accomplish this goal and they don't even know what it's going to do afterwards or what it's like and you read their religious texts about it and yeah, it's kind of like wow. this blind devotion i mean but there are also people who are like i don't know if we should be looking for this eye of the universe thing anymore um and you read about them too mm-hmm. so i don't know i just thought yeah. i re- i really enjoyed the whole lore section of this game mm-hmm. yeah lore's, lore's cool bro lore's so cool in a way, it's like I want to go back and replay replay the game just because a lot of the text now will make more sense in context now now that I've completed the game. Because mm-hmm. um, for a while there, a lot of the a lot of the back and forths between Nomai just kind of were going over my head with being like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, yeah. but okay, <laughs> like cool. I think they also so. add to that with the way that they essentially do like subreddit style discussion or something like it the starts bran- the branching it, it's like it's a subreddit right am i not under or it's a reddit thread i'm not yeah. am i, I not mean, confused a, there right it has it's branches. A conversation tree yeah yeah and so i think yeah. that can very easily lead to some confusion too you also refuse no no no, 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 no. don't in don't, the no. correct order no that's not true mm-hmm. that's not true it was just I would start going down the left tree, and then you'd be like, I was reading the right tree. And then I'd be like, okay. And I'd like go back to the right tree, and then you'd be like, now you're jumping around. Not important. <laughs> Are we fighting today? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but like. Uh, that's not what I saw, McCoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this going to be an argument? Yeah, exactly. This that's is, that's my favorite line this ever. Is therapy that's my favorite line of the podcast. ever is just, yeah. oh. Like it said in totally honesty, and, and it's just, oh, so I see we're fighting today. I guess today. we're arguing today. It's my just favorite yeah. ever. Um, but yeah, like. It's uh I think that could also lead to yeah, to I a think, bit of it glazing, yeah. right? Because it's like the conversation is not as linear as you might have be used to it mm-hmm. being and it does jump around a little bit mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I agree. And I think too there's a definitely a point uh like a switching point at some point in the game where you start to understand what's happening and you're like, "Ah, this is what they're talking about." But I agree that like for a good portion of the beginning you're kind of like okay, I don't really get this, a bunch of people talking about weird stuff. And depending Mm -hmm. on what you read first, right, because there's no linear progression, you could go and read some, you know, Mm -hmm. you could go and read the most important text in the game and be like, meh, I don't really get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And not remember it or not not know about it. Yes, that certainly happened. Yeah, I think despite Mm -hmm. being almost completely nonlinear, it does actually do a pretty good job of trying to gate the later knowledge behind other knowledge that you need to get first Mm -hmm. you can definitely break the sequences um but like there's quite a few things where it's like you really need to find something out before you will get there unless you brute force it (laughs) yeah like the quantum moon for example is like the pinnacle of that yeah or giant's deep dude and and like dude you remember how ridiculous forge Mm -hmm. yeah black dark bramble right dark bramble right that makes total sense. So, um, Zoe a little earlier mentioned um, one of the most moving things uh, for her, and when she said that, I immediately remembered the text where um, some some nomai were talking about recovering the vessel. They're like their colony ship and then one of them was like fuck that i'm not gonna deal with those fish and um immediately i started being like oh god damn it i'm gonna have to deal with the fish (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so that was very moving to me. <laughs> As in moving out of your chair and to, to the off button of the... the game. Yeah. You know, you know like... Yeah, it definitely... Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny because, you know, I, I, I too, James, struggled with the fish a lot. Um, mainly, I don't know... I, I, I was wondering if it was because it was mouse, mouse and keyboard related because all of the mm -hmm. tips and tricks that I saw online for getting through the fish are like, oh, you've just got to lightly feather it. You yep. know, like yep. if you're looking at the thrusters, it needs to only light up one segment of the thruster. You, well, yeah, I don't yep, one alone. That was our I, We I was did guess say. that rule. Yep. And so, well, and on mouse and keyboard, though, that's impossible because every mm. time, no matter how briefly you hit the key, it does it's a full throttle. Yeah. Oh, that and would make so, that section more yeah, difficult. It's, it's why they have a giant screen that says best played on a controller that lasts for like a second every time you land, like launch it. They they mean it. <laughs> they fucking right. mean the I gleefully I gleefully ignored that. So the, wait, the mouse how and keyboard did you guys end up doing it then? You so um, when you go into a yeah. seed, yeah, it, it actually it. keeps your heading. So mm -hmm. what you do is you aim away from any of the lights. You thrust forward and then you literally just like Don't get up and walk away. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what we yeah, do. Yeah, that's that's basically yeah. what I did. And actually, does it keep your heading? For me, I thought it just like reset you to a perfect path every time in the middle. It uh, it does no, something it in between those two things. Yeah. Um. For the red seed, which is um, nightmare fuel. It's the worst thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it's just a bunch of, um, horror fish. Um, I went in there a few times not knowing what to do and then, uh, either died or backed the fuck out as quickly as possible. Um, which turns out it's not really a great move if you want to go in because it aggros the fish. Um, and then they're just, yeah, they and just they're just yeah, they'll wait for open. you yeah, and then the that. second the second you enter it you just die and it's um awful unlucky really <laughs> mm -hmm. um yeah but if you if you just kind of maintain some velocity when you enter it which is sometimes necessary because you're running away from the fish on the <laughs> outside um, Jesus. <laughs> which is just awful and i hated don't it don't run from the fish it, it um, is it is more it, <laughs> it is more no 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 but like if you like there was one there was one that was just like chilling outside the red seed just like mm -hmm. waiting daring me mm -hmm. to to adjust my course so that i could get into the red seed it just was always there it was just a motherfucker yeah um so it turns out you can. But it meant that, that I had plenty of velocity to like shut down my engines and just float past the fish yeah. into the center where there's a bunch of fish eggs. Yes. Which you can't destroy. <laughs> it's not fair. Well, they reset it, but yeah. yeah. I, I think what you I can't destroy up, the fish eggs. What I ended up doing was I kind of did like the. I figured out the. You should actually see my notes. I have a whole like 3D ish map. <laughs> of dark bramble where i like oh my trace my you know i i have like circles of where fish are typically hanging out hmm. um so i found if you like i don't know 
it, it's hard to explain too because it's in a 3D, 3D space. But basically how I managed to solve it is that I found a route that you can take your ship through that has the least amount of fish resistance. <laughs> um, Interesting. Is it, through, is it through the one that initially had the distress beacon that has the floating rocks instead of the fish? Yeah, so so basically mm -hmm. I always reach the vessel through escape pod three. Yeah, yep. that's what Because we did how I found out was like, basically there's fish outside of the seed to get to escape pod three. The area around escape pod three was pretty fishless, so I could just thrust to... <laughs> thrust to my heart's content wow that came out dirty but whatever um, <laughs> but like but basically I, I could i could you know free you know have free reign inside the area with escape pod three for the most part i never ran into any fish in that area um and then when i came across the no my mass grave i would exit out of my ship and go solo to the vessel because also, and this was thankfully Raphael mentioned this, but also you can um, you can use your thrusters at a lot closer vicinity to the fish without triggering them uh, when it's just you and not the ship. Makes sense. Um, I yeah was not willing to do that. I also was not willing to do that. That was <laughs> McCoy's I felt, first idea. I felt safer yeah. inside the ship, even if I would, even if I was more like at risk of dying to the fish i just i wanted i wanted walls around me when i died you know what i mean <laughs> i just i needed to be inside the shell for my yeah, own you needed to die needed to have that safety and security <laughs> yeah inside the ship i will also say like, was like i did go ahead oh, go ahead, go no, ahead. No. oh i was gonna say like i i did think it was kind of you know, it, it is the horror element of the game, but doing it like outside the ship did kind of leave this um the sense of impending doom, but like it needed discipline mm -hmm. that I really liked that the game just suddenly made me do where it was just like yeah. just steady, yeah. steady, look around. Are they are are the fish kind of foggy yet? Do they look like they're kind of in the distance? Maybe I'll tap a thruster. Yeah. Like nothing mm -hmm. rotated. Okay, we're good. Like, <laughs> like can you hear them breathing the still? Like how close are they? Oh, that fish mm -hmm. breathing noise is mm -hmm. so disturbing. Yeah, it's really so oh, it, I hate it. It's I now understand contextually so much more understanding you guys are using mouse and keyboard, which is hilarious. It's probably also way harder to fly around too on that shit too if it's redlining everything no matter what you press. Cuz like you can be mm -hmm. really delicate and in fact on the the controller you can um, perfectly match the counter speed of gravity if you hold the thumbstick at the exact right angle and you have to feather it to get there so you have to like move it really carefully 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 until you achieve perfect equilibrium and you can hover and just think for a sec on like every planet mm -hmm. and like you can do in here you can can't do that in less than less than so there's less than a bar which is something you can do and then there's a bar of thruster you can do in each direction and this is just feathering the joystick yeah. and you can do that and they will not trigger and it's really 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 uh light and you have to be very very careful but if you do it you can like do very minimal control so you can like set yourself going and you're like i think i'm gonna hit that branch like that little spike and so mm -hmm. you can start to move a little to the left and a little up which is sometimes really important so this makes a lot of sense to me now. I get, I totally get it. And like, like 
just the hearing stories of people like smashing into things and just like I oh, I I totally get it cuz I did that all while having way much better flexibility but yeah like I think it's almost like really really important to have a joystick I feel like for this stuff because and it's amazing that Raphael did it without it but yeah like I I'm like I'm saying like you could um you could match things like it would push on you a certain level and you would push back on the controller or the trigger for example which like the triggers are the up and the down thruster, uh, which is like the one that you would do. So like if you're like, if the, okay. So if the the ground is underneath you, then the thruster goes up or the thruster goes I, down towards the ground. I think match velocity is what saves it for the keyboard. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause you could, you could yeah. use the trigger. That's just space. space bar. And yeah, you just it's hold really down easy space. to hold it. Yeah. yeah, and like they have one of those on, on controller too. It's like A or something. But like you, there was a lot of moments where you would want to use, you know, <laughs> five ninths or something of the trigger. I don't know why I use that. That's like the worst. But you know what I mean? Like just like more, a little more than half of the trigger and you'd have to get there and you like it would rumble and like you would like try to perfectly match the forces that were getting sent at you. And it was like a very achievable. Um, and so then you'd be doing that with a trigger and then you'd be moving one of your thumbsticks a little bit and you'd be able to like achieve peace and unity while you were moving around, which I just feel like, like in Giants Deep, like if I had the, if I had the, the direction set correctly, I could be perfectly matching the gravity of Giants Deep so that I am hovering above the surface and then I could also be moving around. It's difficult to do, but it's like, I mean... I can't even imagine not doing that. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to I say. You just do it flappy bird style on a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Okay. I will now be an expert at flappy bird because of this game. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Nice. <laughs> no, there's, I mean, I wish I kind of filmed myself playing this game because there were just plenty of times where I'm just like, okay, and just a little to the right. I'm like, oh, I'm out of orbit. Oh, fuck. Well, mm-hmm. so long. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. We'll, Absolutely. We'll, we'll do a 180 and course correct back over here. Um, yeah, for sure. And there was definitely a lot of, um, well, I'll just slam into this planet and fix what breaks. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess maybe I was able to do it because I've just played a lot of games like this. I think one of the games I played growing up was Descent, and that is also like a 3D space flight game i guess uh and so it has a lot of the same challenges of like making sure you have your bearings even when you can be rotating mm. and like yeah feathering is like a legit strategy I think... too but wow i wanted a fucking flight stick bros I mean... give me one of them like fucking like i need more leverage <laughs> like a Microsoft flight simulator yeah. just for outer wilds like let's go i mean that... one thing that was interesting that Raphael mentioned was when he was watching me on the sun plant uh the sun station station um and um I was like I definitely and you were like nah yeah fuck roll (laughs) yeah fuck roll okay right totally I mean so the first time I got there I jumped out of the you have to like cross a zero G like one of those classic like space movie things where you have to 
do a spacewalk between two, um, like doors. Um, the first time I got there, I definitely like jumped too hard, hit my head on the ceiling and careened right into the sun. Um, (laughs) but the second time, um, I, I realized you could just kind of jump and lightly feather yourself across the gap and like, it's fine. You just get there and you kind of land on your head because you're spinning in a circle for some reason (laughs) but it's it's a pretty it's a pretty like if if you're if you're light with it it's a pretty it's a pretty casual journey but he said that Raphael said that both Raphael and McCoy struggled really hard to like maintain an upright uh posture Mm -hmm. um after leaving the door Mm -hmm. Did that make it harder? When I... Or was it just a, a style thing? When I actually did maintain the proper rotation? Yeah. When I achieved proper uh-huh. rotation, it became ridiculously easy. But it was the fact that I had to essentially just trust myself to let off every other control because my brain is not large enough to like do everything at once. Like If I'm rotating, I'm fucking rotating. I'm not flying. I ain't fucking matching gravity and shit. I'm just rotating. So I better do it quick. And so I just was like, yeah. okay, I'm rotating. And I jumped, rotated, and then it was fine. But before yeah, I mean, then... Think... Why'd, you, why'd you rotate, though? Why did I rotate? Um, because it's yeah. really important for me to understand what all of my thrusters are doing based on the controller. Like, the upright position huh. is, like, the standard way that my head wraps around it so that the trigger is always up and the left trigger is down. And, like, so that's, like, really... It's really ingrained. So I tried to keep my orientation. I mean, obviously, Elena saw some trash, train wreck shit. But like, <laughs> but I tried to keep my orientation such that my right thruster, which my right trigger, which was going up away from the planet in such a way that um, would balance me, like kind of ground me and balance me. Like that that really like helped a mm. lot. So then not having it there was hard until I just yeah, rotated and it was fine. Yeah, so it's hard to make the perpendicular adjustments uh, when their orientation is rotating with you. Right. Mm. It's so funny, though. For that particular jump, though, I don't know. I remember Raphael was telling me, like, well, here's so here's, like, physics-wise, like, why this is happening. And I felt like some fucking movie astronaut, probably not even, like, a legit astronaut, but, like, a movie astronaut, where I, like, close the book. I'm like, that's some nerd shit. We got to make this jump. (laughs) 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 And I was like, I'm going in. I think I get it. He's like, do you understand? I'm like, that mm. guy, <laughs> that guy from that burger movie that I've never watched. Who's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I understood some of those words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, the sun's station is rotating around the sun and you are moving with it, but you are not rotating with it. So you're rotating in the opposite direction relative to the sun station. Yeah. The look on McCoy's uh, face actually... right now says... He continues to understand some of those words. Yeah, I so I'm, I'm actually not sure if this should be the case or if it's a limitation of the game's physics engine. Um, I think you should be rotating with the sun station, actually, and not rotating, like, or, yeah, negating that rotation. But 
that's what happens in the hmm. game. Anyway. They, they. Zoe, how did you do it? Did you just accept the fact that your body was going to spin? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, and I just work with it, or did you honestly, like spend time making sure that your feet were pointing towards the sun? Um, for the most part, I actually ignored the roll button. For the like, for the most part, there were only yeah. specific instances where I really had to like try and orient myself for the sake of just having i don't know any sort of clarity as to where the fuck i was going um which was i think it was actually in uh the interloper um when you Hmm. are like sliding down the icy crevasses and like you're shooting your scout to and trying to figure out like where you need to I guess slide down to avoid ghost matter. For some reason, that area, because you're sliding out of control, I just kind of lost all sort of what was up and what was down. And I really needed to like have some sort of semblance of like orientation in there. Because um, hmm. I often just accidentally just flung myself with the ghost matter unsuspectingly because I just pressed what i thought was up but really because of how i was rotated it was right um which i guess that's life <laughs> that was really the that was really the Jeez. only instance though yeah i remain i'm, I'm also a chaotic ball. pilot so <laughs> i'm yeah. sure like me flying everywhere would just like scar all of you guys because i was just like what going in <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> No. I don't know. I'm incredibly grateful that I did not have to control this game. I, as much as I enjoyed it and loved the story and the exploration, like the puzzles, I think I would have just quit had I had to control it. Um, I, that's it, a I think personal it does, limitation. It, it does play a little bit of a little bit of the part into, I guess, like the the panic that you sometimes feel, um, either as you're like getting towards a life cycle like Mm -hmm. towards the end of a life cycle or not like a lot of the dread or frustration i felt in this game was stemmed from the fact that i was constantly like oh god please no i really don't want to have to come back here it took all of my willpower to get me to this point i really don't want to have to like you know i really don't want to try to have to maneuver this and get this done perfectly again um for you know you know for the fifth time or whatnot like i like i i think how i like to word it is like the um oh god no i did have a wording for it but like i i had a lot of problems with um being able to do certain movements on a consistent basis where the success rate was 100 percent. and like but what i mean by that is like um you know, I, I towards the end of the game, there is, you know, to get, I guess, the true ending of the game, you do have to do a series of events in mm-hmm. pretty much nearly precise yep. timing. Uh, and you need to get it perfect mm-hmm. every time to have enough time to do all of it. Um, so getting into the Ash Twin Project portal, for some reason, I could not get that warp done a hundred percent of the time like i would just walk forward and i would just float up in the sand i'm like i swear to god it was there the last time and i managed to warp i don't know what i'm doing wrong like yeah 
I really oh struggled gosh. with that in this game. So, and so I, I think, think it's it a lot more reliable if you thrust downward while you're doing it. Hmm. Oh, I didn't have to do that. Uh, I just yeah. did. It's um a count to three system. Yeah, a count to three. Um, really? Because it's it's the key with that, and I'm, maybe this is you understand this, but it's still inconsistent. It's just that uh, it's it's the hinting is when they talk about the teleporter being degrees off the axis or something like that. What it's mm-hmm. trying to say is that. The, the second sand the bigger. sand hits you, this it's the teleporter is not actually active. It's actually during the middle of the sand flying yeah. over the mm-hmm. thing that it actually the teleporter can actually be hit, and so you have to pause, wait for it to go by for a couple of seconds, and then you can initiate it. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. what you guys were trying, but that's what well, it requires. It, yeah, I mean it's all just like. For me, it's also I have a just a bad habit of jumping the gun a lot, where it's just like my brain sees sand and my body's moving forward, but or or no, like I I see sand, my brain's like wait, but my finger's already on the W key moving me forward, mm-hmm. and I'm like no wait no no this is this is the wrong timing hesitate oh wait no I waited too long fuck <laughs> so it's like mm-hmm. yeah you know I. Like I said, it's not like I, I'm sure there's some leeway here and there in terms of, I guess, like it doesn't have to be like picture perfect, you know, on the frame timing. Um, but for whatever reason, I would just really I, I would really struggle with that. Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, when it came to the true ending, you need to get that warp done the yep. minute mm-hmm. it becomes available. Um and so there were just plenty of times where I'd, it happens, I think, seven minutes into the time frame. Actually, I do know this because what I would often do, I'd have to fly my shit out, ship out, <laughs> park, and then I'd go like make a cup of tea being like, well, I got to sit here for seven minutes before that warp's even fucking mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I'll go do something. Yeah. Um, oh, you yeah. timed it to seven minutes? I did because I was yeah. just like, I, I would oh. often get there and I would wait around. So finally... Out of curiosity, I just timed it, and it's seven minutes. Yeah, and so you can also I was, skip yeah. time at the campfire. Yeah, at the campfire. Yeah, that's and what can, we did for the yeah. end. Was we had, yeah. I guess too, I McCoy and I had what I would consider like maybe be the perfect ending to this game. Not in terms of execute, but well, we did get the, the nice flawless, ending, the flawless ending. But but the lead up to it was that because of the way we solved all these different pieces of the puzzles and all that, the we had done everything except for get into the ash twin project because we could not figure out how the warp things worked and we finally did um and so like by the time that we got into the ash twin project we had every other piece and we understood it so we got in and we saw that warp core we were like oh fuck Mm -hmm. i know exactly what i have to do in fact i texted Raphael. it was at like 8 a.m it was before we went to work for the day and i texted Raphael, being like yo we got in and like if this is what you have to do that's fucking crazy that's insane because at least in lore and yeah maybe you guys are talking about the true ending so i don't know what i'm assuming we have the true ending but i don't know what the other endings are but Mm -hmm. like you take the warp core out which is essentially rendering fueling it's powering your ability to to regenerate every to not die yeah so you have to ferry that thing through the dark bramble into the vessel through the hellhole that is the dark bramble. So we did runs, dry did runs. Did you ever? Did you ever stay inside the Ash Twin? Yes, yes we did. Until the after the sun explodes. Yeah, we jumped through the black hole as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you jump through the black yeah. hole, it actually creates a copy of you that you get to talk to in the Ash Twin project. It's wild stuff. 
No way, yes. yeah, really? really so, cool. Oh, that's cool. You break James time jumped and space. through, mm-hmm. but then the next loop, uh, you died to an anglerfish, and then that's it broke true. time and space that's... at that point. Yeah, Unlucky without way. meeting. The so t- you guys broke time and space. Yes. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. So you got the kazoo ending. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. It does the like title and credits with a kazoo rendition of the the soundtrack. <laughs> I don't think we did get it's... that then. Really? Because we oh, didn't okay. die. We didn't lose. The game was not did, over. Did the space? Oh, so so the screen didn't crack. No. So there's a couple um... of other. There's there's one other way you can do this, which is at the high energy lab. Um, if you slot in a black hole in a white hole and you send your scout through, it comes out like a second before it goes into the black hole. Yeah. So if you remove the black hole or the white hole at this point then you end up with two of them and then the screen like cracks Hmm. um and it says you broke this time space continuum and you get the kazoo that's crazy so no we didn't do that we just jumped into the warp core and we had two of us for a while Mm -hmm. i think he was just Mm -hmm. straight chilling there when we finished the game he was i think he was still hanging out but but the key though is that we practiced and charted the run yeah so once we understood again it was like 8 a.m we had to go to work so we we figured out what had to be done and then we like met up that night and we're like okay let's drill this yeah so we timed things out four we minutes figured, at we, the bonfire you have four minutes at the bonfire you fly here you park in this exact spot so you your ship doesn't get blown yeah, you away you can't park where the sand is going to take your ship uh to the other planet you have to park Essentially, like off axis, one line up yeah, we or le- down from the equator. We learned that lesson yeah. the hard way. And so we did dry runs. What I did oh, is mm-hmm. I took, um, I like basically like went in there, opened the thing, like turned off the gravity, and then just went up to the warp core, pretended we to grab took, it, closed yeah, it, yeah, yeah. turned the gravity back on, left through the teleporter, made sure my ship was there, got to my ship, it went was through the dark bramble. Very serious stuff. And then I even so then you did it perfectly in one run yes 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 we execute because good job it, it turns out that if you go into the i think and we did, we did it three times through the dark preamble perfect and so i was willing to believe that the fourth would be successful but i was very nervous oh my god and then they <laughs> fuck but, with you so hard yeah, because so we were doing and... all these dry runs we were like practicing and timing things and mccoy's talking to himself the whole way being like okay now we do this well we're talking um, to each other we're rehearsing the we're plan talking to yeah sorry yeah. i was there too but then, so finally, we're like ready. And McCoy's like, okay, we're going to do it for real. And I'm like, are you sure? You don't want to go again? I'm like, okay, no, it's going to be fine. And so then you, the moment you pick up the real warp core and yeah, you exit with the it, the fucking music kicks in. And I was like, oh, no. Music, yeah. I am now an emotional wreck. Yeah, because you're vulnerable for the first time in nervous. the game. You're vulnerable. Um, yeah. And everything just hit different than yeah. the practice. Specifically, runs. it's like very similar to the end of loop music because, like, yeah. you are ending the loop process right. by taking right. the core. Yeah. Right. And so, actually, so I um didn't practice and did uh die. Oh, no. <clears throat> so wait, what happens? I want to hear the story of this ending. I mean, it just says you died, and it rolls credits. If oh. you yeah. fail, so it's basically the same as if you die before again. hitting the statue. Oh, okay. Except I guess everybody else also dies permanently. So there's that. That's unfortunate. <laughs> that unlucky. Added, added really. Piece. Yeah. No. Like. So then, yeah. James, did you? Because you said you got two endings. So did you end up re-going in and like finishing the oh, game? Oh, I got. I got the. 
Yeah, yeah. I finished the game, but I also got the kazoo ending. Nice. Yeah. I see. I see. So you so you finished the game via the credits and then also via the the kazoo ending. Yeah. I mean, I finished the game via going to the universe's butthole. Um, <laughs> Interesting and... way to describe it. That wasn't even like, whoa, this came out sexual. That was just sexual. <laughs> like, just... Okay. All right. Uh, buttholes are not inherently sexual. Okay. Um, they're Wait. just buttholes. So the universe's um, butthole poops out universes. Oh my god, we're not doing this. That's confusing. Yeah, we're not I mean that's this. what it does. No. Yeah, yeah. At this point, it's it's <laughs> existed since before the universe. Uh, but is it, it the it will universes now? After, but anyway, let's. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Let's uh, end this line of. <laughs> I agree. Terminate this uh, particular. <laughs> um, let's just end first. Yeah, the butthole of the yeah. universe. Wait, hold James on. James actually got um, the perfect ending in that he also lost his scout along the way. Oh, I did <laughs> hear about true. the yeah. the scout thing. Yeah. What happens? I, I was just scout? gonna call out. I guess before before we talk about, I guess like the the ending part. I did mm. want to just shout out. Like I did. Like despite the fact that you are on a time crunch to complete that last bit. I just love that you have to speed through bits, but then you still have to yes. go painfully slow yes. past yes. the yes. anglerfish. Because yes. when I say that my heart was pounding out yes. of my chest in that moment, and I'm just like thinking to myself, I'm like, I think I'm good to go. I need to be good to go. I don't have time. I need to be good to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And you see the vessel, and I've never like tossed my body inside a vessel and got so hurt mm -hmm. in my life because i see that vessel i'm just like just get inside fuck yeah, yeah that part is because like that's what that's what it was reminding me of when you were saying like yeah sometimes you have to just like go through that place and just you have to just do it slow and you have to just try it it is so intensely nerve-wracking and i would say like whether or not yeah. like i said whether or not this game is traditionally hard this final sequence is hard but it's so hard in like a, do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like a science way. Like it really mm -hmm. is like we're prepping for launch. Like like we're going to do this. Because yeah. to think like that you could have one shot after this whole game, you've done so many runs and done so many things. That, that one shot to pull this off. So actually just a fun little anecdote. I will say I loved the controller, but I did. Uh, oh, yeah. I did specifically switch to the mouse for the key input for the coordinates because it was easier mm -hmm. there. So I was like, I was like sitting with the controller in one hand and then the mouse in the like other for that section to like pull that off super clean. And it was just like this weird, like it almost felt like I had a, like a spaceship of, cause like way, like that's way more controller than I would normally ever have, right? Normally it's, e it's a controller or it's a mouse and keyboard. But in this case, it was like this weird hybrid of all these different tools, but you use what you gotta use to get the job done. It was very serious business in our household. Yeah. So so wait. So quickly. Here's what. Here's the run through that we did. Maybe people did slightly differently. But it's four minutes to the bonfire. Then you park the the ship. Uh, like basically, you you go there as fast as possible. You can lock onto it, but you have to be careful of the sun. Um, also, you get the nice day music. Like you get the day. Like it's the first day that you're launching. Like it's so happy. You get that music too. Like right at the start of it, which I hadn't heard for a long time. <gasps> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah so you do that um also quick fun fact if you doze like three-fourths of the day and then die the 
like the um not in the final mission but i just mean like any other point during the game when they're showing you back through the mask like your death sequence it is hilarious because it's mostly a black screen <laughs> of you sleeping which is just so funny but anyways yep so you park the ship off the axis of the sand then you back into the corner you wait you wait for the sand to come overhead you'll see it changes color to purple you count to three and then you go in and look up and then you teleport then you run straight for the whatever the fuck the warp core or something like that open it turn gravity off go grab it um you can actually go straight to the teleporter there if you think that's too risky that's totally fine um you jump out of that thing you hope that you aren't instantly gonna get caught in the sand again which i wasn't but i guess is a point of failure that could happen again and it was honestly terrifying to me but it doesn't if you do it fast you get back to the ship you go immediately for dark bramble you go into dark bramble and then you instantly go Actually, so I should say there's there's some little like tips. You want to be very careful about what it is that you select as your marker along the way. Um, for me, like I select, I think like the Ash Twin project or something like that. So you get the middle of the Ash Twin first, but then second, you want to do the vessel. You want it to point you to the vessel because it will show you where the escape pod three is as well in its duplicate signal. So it, you get that immediately. You don't have to follow the radio. So you go immediately to that one. And you can pretty much gun there because there's pretty much no anglerfish. Marker? Yeah, the marker. The... Yeah, so I think I, I mentioned this, but from the journal, you can mark specific locations. And they'll show I... up in 3D space like your ship does. Yeah. The fuck? I, I, I mentioned it, but I, I think right. I didn't mention it in a context where you could immediately apply it because you were not on your ship and then it got lost. Oh, yeah. This shit's important. Uh, it points you. Oh, okay. <laughs> And you see it in well, 3D space. It's, well, it's perfect. Be that might have been useful at every point. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you can't do exactly what you want often, right? You can't exactly do like the lab that you want to go to or the tower that you want to go to. Um, but you can do the planet or something like that or maybe the um, cities, for example. Um, and it'll point you to them. And so what's really key is when you're, la when you're lifting off from your home planet, you want to be oriented immediately so you can catch the right cycle of everything so that everything makes sense from your time perspective so you just lift off and immediately point yourself in the right way instead of like searching through the space to be like where the fuck is this planet again like you just get it um another thing mm. that can help you is that there is rays from the sun that you can see from behind the planet um it's not actually that time sensitive though mm -hmm. it's it isn't it isn't but i think you want to give yourself as much time as humanly possible i feel like i've completed it with like 10 minutes to go or something yeah i um which is still half of the time right but i think the beauty yeah. is the artistry of the run man you get one chance you gotta science this shit like you know what i'm saying you gotta do this shit the best you can fucking do it because you get one fucking chance mm -hmm. um yeah so then you go into the dark bramble you follow to the escape pod and the reason why you go that way is because the escape pod the first one is just like some or maybe like the second one it's just like some rocks and shit yeah it's the second and there aren't really the fish in there so you can just kind of vibe which is really nice. So it's technically longer, but it's way easier. And then when you get to eventually the the red situation, you just you orient yourself right in front of it. You go straight at it, and you get off the controls. And yep, that's yep, just yep, what yep. you do, and you just believe. You can do the free look if you want. You can look around. You can look through the hole in the bottom of your ship. You can see. You can hear everything. And then if you absolutely need to, you can feather the controls one bar or less. If you absolutely need to, it is very risky. The second you get to the, then then you need to remember, of course, that you're no longer uh, following the red. 
you actually need to now go to the vessel, which is really why it's helpful to mark the vessel because it will clearly point to you once you get to the right section. Don't go to the eggs, idiot. Go to the vessel. So you're like, shit, the vessel. You go to the vessel. Once you get in there, totally safe. You can just straight rocket all the way to the vessel. You vibing. Um, there's no anglerfish there. At least I never saw one. Then you go there. Obviously, you enter. The... I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't think they put anglerfish around the escape pod or the vessel, just so you don't have to worry about trying to land near it and then trigger a fish. Yeah. <laughs> I I did appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly. That would just be absolutely so, fucking heartbreaking. Um, now you can solve the. Now you can beat the game on the first day. If you haven't played this game you need before, to do more. you need the but also, though, I think. if you haven't played this game before, what <laughs> the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, we clearly said this was the spoiler to section. This, what the Maybe fuck? Maybe they're just vibing. They're following their yeah, joy, for bro. real. Following their bliss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Raph, okay, I think fine. you were yeah, saying yeah. though that there was like some guy that you watched who was like so close to completing it, but he didn't know that he needed to like move the let let. Uh, the lever up to like turn the ship on yeah. or something yeah absolutely so you like put in the coordinates and then was like waiting waiting and then the sun exploded oh, oh no. that's so hard so that's that's the thing <laughs> oh my god you need to so when i was running dry runs to the vessel i was inputting the codes dry run and i was also looking at the mechanisms there and what i didn't understand and i knew we were gonna have to figure out some shit on the fly and they do make you figure out some shit on the fly and that is you can turn the ball to the coordinates and then, like, the coordinate things comes up or whatever the fuck, and you can enter some shit in there. But what happens if you turn it over to that platform on the left? You have no fucking idea. And you're going to have to figure it out. So, I'm like, does that mean go? I don't know. We're going to find out live. Um, and so, no, it actually – it's something you need to use later to, like, teleport or whatever the fuck. But you can clearly see there's this ball on top of this thing. And you're like, this probably means coordinates input. And I didn't know it was going to jump me in that moment, but – yeah, so you have to like observe everything too because you have to figure out the last bit blind. It's not a lot, but it is a little and it's terrifying. Like what happens if you put in the coordinates wrong? Like can you reset them? Like how do you do that shit? Like this is the shit you got to figure out because you only get one shot. Yeah. Oof. Mm-hmm. You can reset them. Um, I forget exactly how you do it. I think you just like pull the marble away to the other side and then bring it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you hover the if you hover the marble over a, a a segment, it'll erase the point, and you can kind of backtrack nice. where you were. Um, so it is nice that it has that eraser function. What we did do on our final run that was the sketchiest part about it for us in terms of unplanned. I mean, obviously the the anglerfish is incredibly sketch, but um, I actually in the process of skipping tw- switching to my mouse, I went back from a like a, a coordinate i input mm-hmm. one and then went back to the previous and it's totally fine you can just move fast again but it was it was like like literal full tension moment of like we this has not been tested like we could we, we may have just thrown it right here oh fuck um so that was unfortunate but it was all fine and then you get to the special place so should we get to this fucking special ending did you did you, james did you see this at all or like, did you look it up on YouTube or? Yeah. No, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you get it. Yeah, James did it. So wait, wait, wait. I, beat I thought it. you said yeah, you yeah. died. And then you can you start the... again. Oh. Oh, yeah. I died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I died, and then it just reloads. You oh, it just reloads. Yeah. It doesn't well, like. It doesn't yeah. like cancel your save. Yeah. No, you wait. It turns out it's like it's it's fake 
fake tension for entertainment purposes. Okay, it got McCoy. Oh, it definitely got me. Well, I did a perfect. Yeah, because I, I had to because yeah, I was yeah. nervous it was going to fucking put me in a new save. And I was like, Jesus Christ, bro. I ain't trying to. YouTube. I was nervous about that too, but I was also willing to accept that I was not going to have to deal with the fish again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess again. the other yeah. consoling factor is that, I mean, ultimately, the things you need to do this are information. And you still have that information even if you're restarting. Yeah. Except restarting the whole time. For the coordinates, which we took a Except for the coordinates. screenshot of. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, I had the, I, I literally have a drawing on my desk of the coordinates because right. I didn't realize it was going to pull it up in the lower right, left-hand corner of the screen. I was feeling so smart when I was yeah, like, we well, just well clearly this is a hexagon and I've done the pattern in the hexagon shape. So Wait, it pulls it up on the lower left-hand side of the screen? <laughs> yeah, yep. It does. I, uh, yeah, I, didn't I didn't notice see that, that either, yeah. but what? I guess That's awesome. we didn't have I, I consulted my what? sticky note because I <laughs> wanted to feel smart. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. But it is, it, it is also in the lower left-hand corner. <laughs> also, I would say to those out there because this is such an intense maneuver and if you are trying to do it perfect on the first one which i think is absolutely the fucking baller way to do it because it's just so much stress and so much tension i think you're allowed to press start to pause if you're going to consult what the what the code looks like people can feel their different feelings about that but follow your bliss like in other words if you need to take a pause and just holy shit okay next section what do i have to do if you need to take a pause and be like what was the next code i think that's all fair game i i did the mm -hmm. one loop version of this um, so, I mean, you have a little bit more time pressure because you need to, so like first you go to um, Ember Twin and you need to get the distress signal. And then you go to Giant Steep and you get the coordinates. And then you go to Dark Bramble and you um, send your scout to the vessel and you leave it there and you leave Dark Bramble and the challenging part here is that that requires you to know how to leave dark bramble which you don't actually have to learn how to do um there's a trick which is that like there's sort of ridges on the wall and they all like curl inward towards the exits so you can just follow those hmm. um i yeah, it's possible to screw this up by instead going into a seed and then backing out and having the fish aggro you, because uh, then they wait, um, which screws your whole maneuver. But then basically it's the same. You go back to Ash Twin, and by this time enough time has passed that the sand is low, and you can warp, uh, and then you head all the way back to Dark Bramble and go to the vessel directly. That's actually crazy. So you're saying doing this, doing it all from new save to end in yeah. one? Holy shit! That is crazy. It is, it is not the hardest thing to do in the game. I would say landing on Sun Station was pretty hard. <laughs> and there's also an achievement for hitting Giant's Deep fast enough that you punch through the current without a cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> Which requires you to accelerate to like 15,000 km 15, kilometers per second. Jesus. Jeez. Okay. It was such a ridiculously subtle thing to read about the, the tornado that's going the other direction. I never would have noticed that. But then mm -hmm. once I did, I was like, yeah. that is fucking crazy. Look at this thing. Oh, also, God. the fact that they used the tornadoes to throw space station parts up into space, up into orbit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for construction. Yeah. I, so I love cool. that. That's so awesome. And they're, then they were like, oops, one got stuck. In the middle of the planet. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, I did want to touch on one more thing before the ending, which, um, and I think particularly in Brittle Hollow, like there's a lot of jumps you can do around the black hole that are very dangerous. And like when you're getting up to the black hole station, you're like literally walking on the ceiling above the black hole and you have to like resist the urge to jump. And so yeah, James and I, well, we're joking, like the Nomai don't really build with many safety standards in mind. Like this seems <laughs> rather mm-hmm. hazardous. You could jump or step off this and fall into a black hole. Um, yeah, so I was like, no my safety standards, more like no safety standards. Oh, got him. <laughs> and that joke was so good. You felt like you wanted to tell it. Was yep. this the joke that you were like talking the, the other day and you're like, I'm writing this shit down, bro. I'm writing this shit down. I'm, I'm ready for the podcast. Correct. <laughs> I love it. It's like, I can't tell you now it's spoilers, bro, but soon, soon. You're <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. No my. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of jokes to be had there because it all sounds like not my. So you'd be like, not my safety standards. Not my, not st- my <laughs> Something. I don't know. There's mm. there's jokes in there, you guys. Sure. Think about yeah. it. Yeah. Shout at your headphones. <laughs> what the? We can hear it. Trust me. It's a two-way receiver. <laughs> um, okay. Awesome. Guys, I think we've covered a, a lot. We Don't we need to talk about the actual ending of the game? Yeah. I was thinking that, and I was thinking also, like, you know, we dipped around in and out of planets and stuff like that. We didn't really necessarily go, like, sequence oh, or anything. And I think yeah. that's totally fine. We that's touched fine. a lot of stuff. Um, but, yeah, you guys want to talk about this this whole ending thing where it basically – I'm not going to say that it did the whole – what was that fucking other space game that we played where they, like – why did they always end up in a forest? Observation. Yeah, and yeah. there's, like – you're, like, what the fuck is going down in this forest every time? I don't know. It's just what space happens. I about. would say that this is – well. I mean – you end up in a forest because you are from Timberhearth, and Timberhearth has forests, and mm-hmm. the camping motif is distributed throughout the whole game. Yeah. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it follows. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not. I'm Whereas not. It's an observation. Just... You end up in a forest because fuck it. Why not? <laughs> because hexagons. Yeah, dude, hexagons missing from there, this game. There... There was a thing of beauty of like walking through this forest of lights and you realize that the lights are little galaxies that are also, you know, where the main star is supernovaing and those galaxies are disappearing as well. Like, that was honestly a thing of beauty, um, just kind of experiencing. And then also made me pause the game and curl up in a ball with existential dread being like, oh my God, we're yeah. nothing. Yeah, and then you get a message from someone at work and it just like notifies your phone and they're like talking about some bullshit and you're like, you have no idea what's important right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like that, that was really cool. Um, and then just kind of finding, finding all of the explorers' uh, musical instruments and they all sit around a fire. I don't know. There was there. I I don't know if I've had just a mentally taxing week or something, but just seeing them all together, being like, "Oh, we're all with our friends. Like, let's play a song together." And then they all just start playing in yeah. harmony, and I'm just like sitting there, misty eyed, being like, "What the hell, man? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't well, you, want this shit." Yeah, you have <laughs> to. You have to say, "Are you ready?" Yeah. To like every motherfucker. Oh yeah, you go around. And you have to tell him it's it's time to play. And he's like, "I'm excited to go, man." Like let's do it, and you're like, okay, really... yeah, 
really beautiful. But also, you've heard, like, you've heard all of these. We didn't really talk about, like, following these signals, except that James said that it was fucking lame, yo. Um, But, like, it's like you hear these different musical instruments and their Mm -hmm. things all around when you're... It's like your telescope is combined with this radio. And so you're like looking around the universe and also just hearing some people and you're like, oh, that motherfucker's over there, right? Like, nice. And so to see them all here and to like find them and to ga- gather them, as they say it, mm-hmm. and you get to hear their songs again is, it, whew, it's a lot. Yeah, it was really nice. Plus, the other thing is, okay, at least for us, like we, we had no idea. I thought we were probably safe, but like we're in totally uncharted territory here. If there's a yeah. way to fail, I don't know, but you're terrified. We just did a perfect run. Like I kept we just went through that the angle run out of time, and the universe was gonna blow up, and we were just gonna be screwed. Like it's totally possible. <laughs> the only indicator that that's not probably gonna happen is that um, I don't think our fuel goes down in that state. And I, I was think like, also I think... Uh, Esker says like. Take your time gathering everyone. I'm not sure time even exists here. Yeah, yeah. I think at that mm-hmm. point we knew, but you do some things before that. Like I think I I love the museum scene, which is one of the mm. first things that you do right. when you, um, after you warp to the eye of the universe and everything's quantum and, um, but you walk through the same museum that you've been through at the beginning, but all the the tags have changed. There's one on the anglerfish that I particularly liked. Of like all the, of all the creatures, you know. Who perished when the sun exploded? We will miss the anglerfish the least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real talk though. Yeah. There were tags but it was really... on the museum things. Yeah, the little plaques. Yeah, the plaques yeah, the changed. Yeah, little plaques. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no them. idea that they changed. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you read them at the beginning, and then they the the ones at the end sort of say like, oh, you know, the sun came to its natural end, and the universe put you know ended, and um, the one there's one about. That says something about, you know, eventually, you know, the, the, no, I would never see it, but eventually a Harthian like made it to the eye of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really, I think, like, I don't know why nostalgia comes to mind for me, but like that whole section was just so, so beautiful. This game murders it at that. Like, yeah. that it, whole, like, mm-hmm. fucking, I don't know why I'm thinking about the past and I'm sad, but I'm thinking about the past. Yeah, I and think I'm the sad. whole game hits, like, a very nostalgic, melancholic theme, note. Yeah, the menu theme. Murderous. I, that's such a horrible descriptor, but it just, in my opinion, it it's just so, so powerful. The menu theme, whenever you turn it on. So, we would play this game with the lights off. I greatly recommend lights off at night. You it are makes looking the into space. So much scarier. That's true. That's until true. until you get to the anglerfish, in which case all bets are off. Turn yeah, all the lights, lights on. on in your whole Put a house. floodlight pointing at your screen so yeah. you can't see shit, and then just like <laughs> yeah. press the forward lightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I mean, don't worry about the anglerfish seeing it. They can't see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and honestly, except the really, go... except the the small ones that it wouldn't be fair if you didn't let them see. Yeah. Right. And if you land on the sun station fast enough, you can get the rocket launcher, which is the best tool to use against them. It's just not efficient for the final run because it's too risky to do it with the warp core in your hand. But yeah. Um, anyways. But yeah, like, dude, it's so much like the wistfulness. And this this end scene, they just they just pile it on. And like just everything about it is just so it's it's uh, it was it was it was honestly like pretty emotional mm-hmm. um it was really beautiful and then they do what all these motherfucking games do all of them listen 
all of them, where they then are like, there's another species and another cycle. Well, wait, wait, that's that's spoilers, man. You gotta get to the end credits before you get to that. That's true. That's past. The, oh, so we're not talking about that yet. Okay, so fuck this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, but like the. I love that though. Like they they also have like new physics in this new universe. Like you've got the shell worlds instead of the normal yeah. spherical worlds. Oh no! It's it's the just the reason why I'm mentioning it is not that it's a problem. There's a new species. It's just they always make the new species like some ant shit, and they're I'm so <laughs> fucking thankful we didn't have to play them because fuck those new species. They are not cute. They're not cool. They don't have four eyes and make jokes about it, bro. Like they're cute fuck to that. Me. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait for Outer Wilds too when we get to play the new bug yeah. species. And actually, I think at that point. Just because I looked it up, but also, James, do you want to say what happens in that section? Uh, which section? Firing your, firing your scout probe. Oh, I, into... I, I did not have a scout probe. Yeah, you. so if you lose your scout uh, on the Eye of the Universe, which if, is if you just like send it into the part where it gets dark and there's a bunch of quantum stuff yeah. happening, mm-hmm. uh, then it will like be sailing across the vista onto the new universe. Aww. Really? Wow. That's super oh, cool. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, this game has a lot of really cool little Easter egg sort of things or little flavor. It's not flavor text, but flavor moments. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do interesting stuff in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like also, you. Also, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I, I was, I, I was going to just completely derail this with a, just a thought. <laughs> okay, well, you hold on to that one. I mean, I, I was just very similar. It's like, like it has some cutesy stuff that feels like they thought about you and thought about your way of problem solving it. Like, I know when you shoot your, like, probe into, like, the moon or if you, like, if it, like, you can, like, lose your the probe, like, and it'll, like, do that, like, static screen. Like, oh, I saw you try to solve it this way like interesting like but no like your probe is gone and like that'll happen some different ways and th- yeah here go ahead that's all i wanted to say i just want to talk about that <laughs> right. no no I, I mean it is true like i i think like with the with the achievements this game has you know like i do think though i didn't achieve it i do think it's cool that they have a way of like oh you got to the core of giants deep by literally just launching yourself as fast as you possibly can because people might try that mm-hmm. you know and probably do and, and they and they have a payoff for that which you know that that's that's really cool um no i i just wanted to also shout out just because thinking of that eye of the universe scene um where, with all the flashing lightning and all the quantum objects moving around um the quantum rock shout out the most menacing freaky jump scare rock <laughs> i think i've ever experienced <laughs> in a game ever <laughs> um there, there was more than a couple times I cared to admit where that rock literally made me scream sometimes just when it would just appear out of nowhere. And I'm like, ah, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing here? Yeah. You like flash your flashlight to get it out of there. Like, fuck you. Get out of here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, um. I'm just like walking through the eye of the universe area. All these rocks, like, because with each flash of lightning, a rock is elsewhere. And it would just like suddenly pop up literally right next to me. And I'm like ducking, being like, fuck, Jesus, stop. <laughs> just yeah. trying to get where I'm going, wherever that is. The quantum stuff is kind of freaky when it moves around. Like, just in general, mm-hmm. even the quantum arches is like has like a freaky component to it where you're just yeah, like, why is that stuff moving? Like, it's what? not supposed to move. Where were you? Yeah. The quantum puzzles were really cool. Like I, 
I tried so hard. So we were like, when it comes to the quantum moon, one of my theories was that, because you can get into this like moon tracker, like I think it's the, I think it's one of like the labs and I think it's on the Brittle Hollow. Like you can get there from the top if you shoot a scout in there and it has mm -hmm. like this indicator of like where it is. And so my original theory was like, we have to leave the scout here and just look at this room and trace the the moon that way. And then I even thought like, maybe if I have a, like a picture, if I'm looking at a picture of the picture, like, does that work? And I was like, just kind of get all meta with it. And then I was literally saying like, which of these planets can I sit a probe on that'll just be able to watch this the best? And then it was like, oh dude, just shoot a probe at it and just take one picture. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like why, this, there was little like, I want to say like 30 minutes of me like strategizing, like how the yeah. fuck do we get the best like observatory of, of this moon? And yeah. how do we make sure that we're looking at the moon in the right way so that we jump it to the right planet that we need? And then it was like, just take a picture of it, bro. It's like, oh. There are actually some cool things you can do. So for example, like a quantum object can never appear in a field that you are observing. It can only appear where you are not observing. So you can constrain where the moon can appear by looking at a few of the places where it could appear and leaving one out, and then you'll mm -hmm. turn around and it will either be there. I mean, obviously you can't see the sixth location, so, mm -hmm. uh, but that that way you get a fifty percent chance of it appearing where you want it. Mm -hmm. I, I just did the McCoy tactic of just spinning in circles until I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, were, we were calling that the, the Beyblade. <laughs> yeah. Damn, we codified it with a name. You gotta love it. Rot it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and just guys, did you see the credits? I mean, like, I say this because like there were a lot of people that ended up working on a lot of pieces of this game, but there was like a core of like seven or something like that that there were bloomed out to twenty people like at the studio that were listed at the studio. But it seemed like the core people who made this game was more like you know four to six to seven people who did like the main stuff. Unbelievable! Like just the Pretty the cool. the cohesion of creative vision is just like out of control with this game. Like like. Just imagining a large system trying to make something as creative as this, it seems impossible. Like, it felt Cyberpunk like... Cyberpunk could never. Like, I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, like, I was just, like, really impressed, like, at that. And, like, it's just so great. I don't, I don't know. Like, this... It's like this was the per this person's master thesis, and this should end up just being the fucking class. Like, this shit has so much to teach. Like, it's actually crazy, but... Okay. I mean, it won a yeah. BAFTA. I really hope that guy got extra credit for this. Yeah. <laughs> got a B plus. They're like, what the fuck, man? What do I have to do? And they're like, bro, how are you supposed to monetize this, bro? <laughs> like, where's the extra currency? Can you buy fucking shards and shit? Buy more oxygen. Come on, mm -hmm. think about it. Are there any buy loot boxes? Quantum loot boxes? Tanks. Oh my god. Yeah, let's do this. Um, okay, let's maybe. Okay, wait. Actually, Elena, we gotta say this shit out loud. It was. You said it was like game of the year or like was it BAFTA oh, or some about, shit? Yeah, but like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it won a BAFTA. It, it won the game of the year. From that. From the BAFTAs. From BAFTAs. Okay, but the point is that it was 
the, oh, the lineage it was. was. So, it was I, w- I was looking at Annapurna um, because yes. they just seem Annapurna just seems to publish a lot of games that we really have enjoyed. Essentially all of them. Um, but Listen. anyways, it was that it was um, Edith Finch, and then it was Outer Wilds, and then it was Florence was the next year. I think Florence was in the middle, but it doesn't matter. The anyways. point is the point is. Florence might be on the motherfucking radar if it's if it if it's hanging with Edith Finch and Outer Wilds. Yeah, in essence, and it's all from this Annapurna person. <laughs> I love how I it's make it a person. a person. It's, it's a person, person. Um, and a great person at that. Really thoughtful, kind, generous. Publishes a lot of things. Has a lot of money. Um, but yeah, like holy shit. Um, yeah. I, I think we might be reviewing you guys. Do we see the eye of the review section? Thumbs mm-hmm. down. Oh, come on. Yes. Where's your I fucking am, transition? I okay, am observing sorry. it, and it has uh, held steady as a result. Yeah, I'm taking a picture of this review <laughs> section so it doesn't just disappear in the middle. I'll give I, it a quantum thumb. Yeah, yeah, I've actually entangled myself with the review, so if it moves, I'll move with it. That sounds awesome. Okay. Yeah. Also, you you gained the biome of the thing you're, of the thumb. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> Okay, I so mean, just gonna go skin, for instructions. Skin's pretty good. <laughs> I now have a nail. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll I'll go first. <laughs> so it's like I will end this. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um. Let's see. This this game is really hard for me to rate. Um. I feel a lot of pressure for whatever reason. Um. And, and I really struggled with how I wanted to rate this game and the degree into, into which, you know, the, the elements to which I wanted to, I guess, take part in my rating. Because um, like I said at the top of the show, I really think I did not experience this game in the way that I would have wanted to actually experience it, which would be collectively with somebody. Um, I played it by myself and quite honestly, I had a very rough time playing this game by myself. Um, there's a lot of outside elements that contribute to that, but I think it needs to be said, like, this is a great collaborative experience, and I'm just very sad that I missed out on that. Um, it would have been really cool to actually experience this for the first time, you know, sharing ideas with somebody bouncing ideas off of one another um because that's kind of where those eureka moments come in and so like i said this game was very frustrating at times i had to get up and take a lot of breathers after a while because i was frustrated i couldn't get the timing right i'm on mouse and keyboard which you know like directing the ship in some ways is frustrating in itself and so i just thought that there were a lot of elements of this game that were fighting against me um the time mechanic made me anxious it made me very anxiety ridden and as a result i did a really bad job at actually internalizing any of the information I had. And sure, I could look at the ship blog afterward and actually internalize it. But it just that kind of panicked feeling I kept on feeling or feeling like if I didn't get something right away, I was wasting time like that really did drag on me after a while. Um, and so like, that that's all that stuff aside i think it all that all those frustrations could have definitely been mitigated having somebody there um 
But the things I did like, I think this game is just a masterclass in world building. Um, I really liked how expansive the solar system felt, but it was contained enough where it didn't feel like, you know, it was it was contained enough where, I don't know, like you could see the connections between planets and between pieces of information. And I really liked making those connections. Um, I did like that each planet had its own little gimmick with it, you know, like Brittle Hollow with its black hole core or Giant's Deep with its tornadoes. Like there was all sorts of creativity that came with a lot of those. And I really loved exploring that and figuring out how that worked. Um, and, you know, figuring out how all the systems in the world worked was really cool. Um, and then also I just want to shout out, like, this game does, like, has basically, like, a textless tutorial for the most part. I think some things, like, say, like, raise this lever. But for the most part, a lot of what you're doing to manipulate the world is textless. And the fact that they still manage to, like, show the cause and effect of you move this ball this thing happens like it was really expressive in this game and it was really cool to see them uh, work with that uh music was also a plus made me emotional that ending scene alone just like makes me misty eyed just thinking about it so you know that's always great um and so then it just like leaves me to my rating and i really don't know like how i want to rate this because of that frustration unfortunately and so i think i'm gonna have to just settle with a one thumb um, God, I like, <laughs> I feel like really emotional giving it the one thumb because I know it's more than that. And I know we're going to get to game of the year and people are going to be like, Zoe, you gave this a one thumb. How fucking dare you? And I say, I get it. <laughs> like, I completely get it. But it has to be a one thumb for me because of that frustration in the solo experience for me. Um, and I, but, but it's. That being said, it's it's a beautiful game. Everyone should definitely try and go play that. And if you are feeling the same frustration as me, hit pause, find a different way to play it, whether it is with that collective experience or not. Um, and then, you know, you, you may have that two thumbs up or gold star experience that I'm sure, you know, the rest of my colleagues here will probably give this game. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's where I land uh, with that. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I mean, you gotta be true to yourself, man. You know. Yeah, and that shit's the real shit, though. So, James, I feel like, do you echo some of those sentiments, or how how did you how did you land? No, uh, I mean some of them absolutely. Um, I think that I I managed to find a co-conspirator. Um quickly enough into my playthrough that I didn't end up getting frustrated but um, just with the way that I know that I would have played out in the game I definitely would have encountered some um, pretty serious uh, struggle points um, but I really I really loved playing the game I loved the exploration. I loved the writing. I loved all of the individual characters. 
Um, I loved all the individual planets, except Dark Bramble. <laughs> Fuck planet. that planet. Um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, that might put this game on the Fuck This Game Award <laughs> list. You know? Probably does. Uh, but everything else was so wonderful. Um, it just would have taken me, like, another year to finish. <laughs> Um, um yeah i mean so what i'm struggling with is is whether i want to give it two thumbs up or a gold star mm-hmm. um i think it's kind of hard to tell for me um I did really enjoy the experience, um, but I feel like there were a few things that were holding it back. Like, I really do think that it's just incredibly difficult for people with ADHD, and I think that that might hold it back from having a gold star for me. Um, But I... You know, I completely understand where Zoe's coming from. I completely understand where somebody else, you know, who just, like, feels that it is a flawless experience is coming from. I think in a lot of ways it is. Um, And it really does some things that a lot of other games try to do and fall short and this game just really succeeds so that's really cool um but i think that i think i'm going to give it two thumbs up very very happily you know it's a very good game um elena do you want to go in front of me do you want to do i can go in front of you okay um i don't mind um yeah i feel like i mean obviously mccoy and i played this game together and i think that gave us a really different experience from and we played you know played together the whole way through um and i i also i I have to like really wasn't expecting this game i think that actually i like again like i wasn't intending to play this game with mccoy and he kind of came, like, I had a couple really busy weeks coming up, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, well, let's just sit down and, like, play an hour just so you can kind of see what it is. And then mm-hmm. you can leave and you don't have to play anymore with me. But, like, just start it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we played the first hour, and I was like, all right, fuck yeah. Okay, let's go. Um, and then we played the whole thing. And there was no point where I wanted to stop playing it. because Well, I mean, I wanted to stop playing it sometimes because I was like, okay, we've been playing for two hours, and I kind of feel like we're ready to go to bed now. Um, but it really um drew me in and i think like i was saying earlier i really loved the lore aspect of this game um it i i really enjoy a good puzzly game um it scratches an itch for me of like my brain just really enjoys figuring things out and putting things together and solving problems um and this game had really good problems that were really interesting to me and that were compelling and that had 
I thought really wonderful aha moments um, that I didn't expect. And so all of that really hit for me. Um, I also really liked that this game, even though I wasn't playing it, it challenged a lot of my assumptions about how it would work and how games should be played. Uh, I mean, like when we first saw Hollow's Lantern, I was like, well, we're not going to land on that. That's stupid. Like, mm-hmm. that's a it's a planet of lava. There's just no way. Let's just fly past and like move on. Um, and at some point, Raphael visited us and was like, hey, you have something that's not filled in. Hollow's Lantern. And I was like, fuck it. We'll just crash into it once and it'll land. It'll be, you know, but then like, you know, you get into it. And of course, there's something there. Um, and I had a lot of moments like that with this game. Um, of just me assuming that we wouldn't be able to do something or wouldn't work that way, that's not possible, and the game continuously kind of proving me wrong and showing me that there was a different way to look at that situation or there was was more there that I wasn't thinking about. Um, And I really enjoyed that. So overall, I just just really loved this game the whole way through. Um, I loved playing it with McCoy. It was really fun um, as a couple's experience highly you know whatever you want to call it um but no but also this game just had um it was just really well done i love the size of the um solar system universe that makes it so explorable but really and really approachable but feel vast and feel like space and all this kind of great stuff that we've been talking about um and for me, it's like the goldiest of gold stars. This is, it's, a, I really, really liked it. I think too, there's, there's something as we've been playing more games, and especially as I've been playing more games just because of the podcast's existence, um, I've noticed a trend that when McCoy and I play a game together that we really, really like, or that really we think is just fabulous, when the credits roll, we just kind of sit there in silence and watch them. And just think about it and like read people's names, which is not something I do ever. Um, but this game got a full credit read from us. And I think that alone like marks it as a gold star. That when we were done with it, we just like sat there and kind of like soaked it up, said goodbye. Um, yeah, I loved it. Gold star. Awesome. Yeah, cause I guess I'll just piggyback off that because we did. Yeah. So. I guess I will start with saying that this is the type of game that has a lot of things that would turn me off to it at the outset. I don't hate space by any means. I actually like space, but I don't fucking love space like Raphael. <laughs> you know Raphael. <laughs> yeah. So that's something. And so like, because like I was saying this the other day, like, like I feel this way about like, like you were thinking about cyberpunk and the witcher right it's like cyberpunk is a cool setting but hit me with that fantasy shit though yo <laughs> yeah, i love that it. high fantasy at i love that shit man like give me an elf and a bow and stuff would you like some swords and shit that'd be cool um so okay space and definitely science and stuff like that is not necessarily my my specialty i'm more in the yeah the magic and stuff like that um also, it's kind of a mist style game, which involves a lot of attention to detail. I do love, personally, attention to detail. That's not my problem. I just don't have a really, really great, like, memory for this sort of stuff. Like, I really struggle to tie things together, if it's, especially if it's been multiple days uh, between them. Like, I, I, I think about so many different things for work that it really cleans my mind. And then I'm like, what the fuck? Where are we? And I'm, like, lost. And that happens to me a lot. Um, and so I think alone, I really would have struggled with this game. In fact, I probably would not have succeeded or, at all. It would have been probably pretty rough. 
and I think realistically, I probably would have rather watched someone play maybe, um, like as in watched a YouTube video or something like that, just because I'm not good at that stuff. I'm just not. Like, I'm not the person who's putting the pieces together. I'm just not that guy. I occasionally am. Like, oh, shit, what about this? And everyone's like, like, you guys see me in puzzle games, man. It's a fucking travesty. So, <laughs> like, that's just where, where I'm at for this. Um, but... So there's a there's a lot in it. There's a lot of reasons why I like I wouldn't normally play this game myself. But being forced to play this game, going into it, I was thinking a lot about how to curate the experience to make it be the best. So like I said before, we played it at night with all the lights off on a uh, like a giant 4K TV that we sit next to, um, pretty close. So it's big. It's full. It's expansive. Like it feels like you're at your command station. Like when we sit, I don't know, two feet from it, three feet from it, you know, some probably unhealthy distance. But the point is that it's giant compared comparatively. We don't have a giant TV, but it's giant when it's in front of you like that. Um, also in 4K, this art style is delightful. It is mm. fucking delightful. It's so crisp and so clean and so clear and so beautiful. It's unfucking believable. Um, and the particle effects they have, and just it's just it's like stunning. Um, so we did that. Another thing of playing it at night, right, is you get to the space, the darkness really, like, lands um, and the brightness of the sun and the, the different stars. Like, it really did feel like we were sitting here. I actually often played it in a camping chair because I wanted to have the experience of, like, feeling like I was looking up at the stars and being like, can I go there? And you can. And when you take it from that perspective and when we pretty early on after i think one play session defined like concrete roles like elena you will have the pen and paper and you will write things down so that we can keep our minds like clear like so that we can stay on our objective if we see a white hole along the way we're gonna leave that shit and we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna go down and move yeah, on write that shit down in the possible excitement category uh you know like that sort of shit and like when we're so then like i'm just controlling and there were often instances where we would like devise a plan and like go for it or like because I'm, I'm driving like I'm driving. So as a result, like I need someone to help navigate in a sense like it's a classic human dynamic um, and they do it on spaceships uh, or I mean, maybe I don't know. Someone tell me I'm wrong, but they definitely do it on planes <laughs> um, yeah. and those are similar, bro. In fact, my grandfather was a navigator for the army. But anyways, um, note. no, but it's important. It is an important role for mm -hmm. someone to do. And I think it helps a lot with this because there's a lot that it throws at you at, at once and being able to capture it and think about it um, and bounce ideas off is really important. Um, so doing all of that enabled me to actually enjoy the game. And I think otherwise, I, I don't know. I think I might be like the furthest from all of us to be able to enjoy this game, just honestly, mm -hmm. just like my innate being and what I know to be true about me. But since we did curate this experience and it was this way, being able to get into this game for what I think it wanted, I mean, it's, I think it is flawless, like literally flawless. I think it is perfect. I think it is, it is about as perfect as could humanly possibly be. Like it is incredible, amazing. Like all the possible, like this is one of the best games and one of the best gaming experiences I have ever had in my whole life. Like it was, like it makes me want to cry now thinking about it. Not because they hit emotional tones, but just because of how wonderful it was for so many nights to be like looking forward to doing this and to like jumping in and trying some strategies and exploring some new worlds and just lifting off like the dude when i was a kid they there was this game called battlefront 
and it's a it's a Star Wars combat game, and it's like thirty soldiers versus thirty soldiers. It's supposed to be like a war simulator. It's kind of like Battlefield, but it's you know stormtroopers and shit, yo. And uh, what they always sold Battlefront three as, because Battlefront one was a huge success, way bigger than anyone expected. Battlefront two was even bigger success. It was awesome. You could be a Jedi. Things were great. They and they added space battles, so they always had land battles, and then they had space battles, but they were distinct. You would hit a loading screen, go in, you'd set the menu for space battles, or you'd set the menu for land battles. And they had this trailer, this infamous trailer now, because this game was never made. But they, the premise was that they were going to have a battle so large that you could be fighting on the ground, get in a ship, rocket off into the universe, and then enter a space battle that's currently happening between live players, and it was going to be fucking rad. And this idea of like, what if I could just launch from the planet right now seamlessly with no loading screens and get into space and go to that star or go to this star battle that's happening in the distance. That's like, I didn't realize how much that was a fucking dream of mine, but holy shit, this game lands it like I've never seen. Like it just is such a seamless transition from being on the surface or in a cave to just being up in space to being in a different place. Um, It's just amazing. Like, the art style is just incredible. Like, the noises, the sound effects, even just the sound of engaging autopilot is literally perfect. That little, like, doom, then you're like, okay. Uh, it's just, it's fantastic. The mystery is amazing. The fact that, like, there's so many instances where they're like, they give you a set of things, but you don't know all of them. It's like, where's the fucking third escape pod? Where's the, even the second one, for that matter? Like, they just constantly give you this stuff, this stuff to, like, piece together and put through and work through. It was, I don't know. Like, I feel almost overwhelmed. I mean, more than almost. Like, I feel overwhelmed trying to explain how incredible this game truly is. And I, I would just say to the people out there, if it's, pos- if it's even remotely possible, this could be up your alley. Like, you will never play a game like this in your life. This is one of the most unique things I have ever seen. And its creativity is somewhere on the league of, you know, or it's like, it's like infinite times more creative than so many other games I've played. Like it's, it's, I I actually had moments there where I literally like paused, maybe even during the credits. And I said, you know, depending on different perspectives, you could consider the podcast that we do to be a creative pursuit. I think so in some ways. We try to make it the best we can. We talk about these things and we try to strategize and sometimes it comes off like a train wreck, but we do our best. But I was both embarrassed and in awe of the human's ability to create this world. It felt so loved and so thought through and so phenomenal. I was like, you have to look away from the greatness because you will sh- you will like pale in comparison. Like your shadow will be all that's left of you because how the fuck do you beat this? I know like this is like a fucking Picasso or something like and I don't even fucking like Picasso that much. But like so I don't know. Shout outs to Picasso. No, it's seriously like <laughs> in gaming like how the, the homie f- friend of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Pablo. Um, But yeah, like I. I. I, I don't I don't want I don't want to be a game developer because I would have to live in the shadow of this game. I would never in a million years if I if I had a million lifetimes I would never make a game this good, ever. Try as hard as I possibly could I would never do it. And so, if you can possibly access some of that greatness, like dude, you go, it's worth a shot. Like fucking try it. I I don't know what to say. Like motherfuckers out there gotta be playing this game. Like I know it was successful to the people who 
played it, but like I feel like I'll, it does not have the penetration that it deserves into like the the modern gaming space. Like there's a lot of people like haven't played this game, myself included, up to this point. But oh my fucking god! So Gold Star for sure. All right, Raphael, close this out. So this is like what a, a meh from you or? <laughs> uh yeah so i mean there's literally no ambiguity from for me like here it's it's a gold star game like this is probably i it is my favorite game of all time i think like it just hits everything right for me and like i love it so much that it actually like causes me a lot of pain to hear the legitimate like problems that james and zoe had with approaching this game um it was really hard to watch like some of that and i'm glad that like um being like james's co-pilot for a while like i was able to improve that a lot for him it's it was yeah it was really good to do that um it was also just like awesome to watch mccoy and elena play it together um and like seeing some of those aha moments uh were just really beautiful um but yeah, I mean, like, I think the thing about this game that honestly stands out the most for me is that just, like, everything is so incredibly well, like, integrated together. Like, there's a story, but it's not separate. Like, the game is the story, and the physics are the story, and the world is the story. Like, the, the all of these things are, like, inseparable in the game. Like, they're so well integrated that like you just can't separate them um and it's just mind-blowing to me that somebody could have pulled this off in a way that's also just like so fun and so beautiful and like has so many wondrous moments in it um i think mccoy probably said a lot of this much better than i i could (laughs) um but yeah this is just this is a treasure um And I, I personally think there's an added element of joy for me personally, at least, to be able to experience what Raphael was talking about and feeling it with this game, because I, I know I would not have been able to in essentially like most scenarios, most universes, this would have flown me by. Without the podcast, there's zero percent chance I play this game. Zero. I mean, Raphael, you could have told me this is your favorite game ever, and I would have put it with the list of favorite books ever that I'm also not going to read. <laughs> and I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but like seriously, so like. Yeah, I understand now what you see here, and wow, just wow. Yeah, and right. All right. End it on that. I think we're good. Yeah. No idea what we do after this. We're all just kind of in awe. Yeah, <laughs> yes. we're gonna be slightly yeah. off the podcast schedule. I think. I, I, I'm i tempted to say rather than shoehorn another game in here, why don't we just talk over the weekend or something about what the fuck we want to do? What do you guys think about that? We'll we'll figure it out for sure. Okay. But all right. Until next time, though, everybody, take care. We'll see you next time. Oh. <sighs> <laughs>